Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Five Tuesday afternoon. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk at AM sixteen hundred KIVABQ.FM or RockofTalk.com. Five fifty fifty five hundred is the number to call here this afternoon on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Sorry for the delay, folks. Was not able to uh, connect to the server. I was hoping uh, Eric could just uh, hit that out, but it was uh, you know one of those things we're still sort of working through. Eric's been doing a fantastic job back at the radio station. You might want to check in sometime at the radio station, especially on a Friday. We've got stickers, we've got pens, we've got all sorts of stuff for you some chotsky if you will uh don't forget folks in addition to that chotsky you can catch us directly at roku tv amazon fire apple tv podcasting on stitcher soundcloud and spotify and of course downloading our apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com and instead of the 4 a.m blast you got the 4 p.m blast that just came through directly at the rock of talk dot chat substack's been a little bit of a delay d.muska muska good afternoon sir a terrific Hi. tuesday afternoon how are you uh, good afternoon, indeed, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Eddie, and I'm glad uh, producer Eric, as I like to say, first name producer, last name Eric, uh, informed me that he hadn't received it. Uh, I did it late last night, as I always do. It popped up on the website, but it didn't go out as an email, so I think our friends at Substack uh, a little hinky over there, folks, so uh, look in your email box. It should be in there uh, right now, folks, but even if for some reason your email is broken or you ever have a problem, it's always up uh, live at 4 a.m. every day on the website, rockoftalk.chat. Yeah, doubt is an consummate professional, the ultimate in all that. Congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks, ladies and gentlemen. They won last night. Watched it on the streets of Las Vegas Boulevard last night, a.k.a. the Strip. And uh, people were pretty happy just to kind of get out and watch. It's been a couple of years since we've enjoyed the Final Four, ladies and gentlemen. We did enjoy the previous time before because you might remember... It was when Michelle Lujan Grisham and the rest of the Blue Dog Democrat or the Blue uh, State Governors, not Blue Dog Democrats, uh, those would be conservative Democrats, canceled uh, sort of the second Final Four that came in during uh, 2020. I forget how many people they played it in front of, but we were back in action. Nobody wearing masks, nobody vaccinating, nobody doing anything like that. In fact, um, <clears throat> spending some time at the pool here this afternoon at the family-friendly MGM Grand, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the place where you want to take you and yours and your family. Uh, the MGM Grand is uh, truly a great place. Uh, their occupancy was 100%. There isn't a chair that is open. As you can see, I'm getting plenty of color out there on the sun. I think uh, Dowd likes that. I'm, I'm getting enough uh, brown for both of us and uh, making a case for my own personal Black Lives Matter, if you will, with all my great uh, tanning going on. Lots to get to here on this afternoon's edition. The three hour tour i want to let everybody know we have a full hour of bill o'reilly he's been upgraded uh from 6 45 to 7 p.m so dowd and i will be going three hours dowd's welcome to check out at 6 45 as he's always on deadline but i'll be going till seven o'clock uh, beginning may the first mayday mayday yeah uh, we will not be running the maypole or celebrating communism day uh, but what we will be doing is being playing um Yep, Bill O'Reilly for a full hour. Ben Shapiro will be cut one hour, and then Dana Lash the full two. So it's O'Reilly, Shapiro, Lash um, from 7 to 11 p.m. Hope you guys all enjoy that. Bill O'Reilly getting some unbelievable ratings out of WABC. Uh, happy I dropped uh, Brian Kilmeade. Also uh, out in the conservative talk news genre, Larry Elder, yeah, the great one. Yep, uh, the great one out over at Salem uh, Radio, so you won't have a 4 p.m. So I no longer have Black Lives Matter, Larry Elder. 
uh, competing with me. He was, by the way, anything but. He's a, a really great man. Um, in fact, I had the good fortune of speaking with him about seven years ago, uh, Larry, for about two minutes as uh, he was out and about promoting his show and what he was doing. You might remember, ladies and gentlemen, that I took on Larry Elder, had him at the four o'clock spot before I started my show. Uh, Larry was very, very good. Yeah, he had this time slot uh, for, I don't know, about six months. And then uh, the dizzy ones over there on the, uh, <clears throat> I guess, I guess they're AMFM, they're world beaters, uh, took him from me because they did a live clear. And the guys at Salem, are a complete and total joke top to bottom uh the guys always try to jim and those guys jim Bly and the guys try to big time me and they try to force me into a live clear over my show and i said nope i was happy to take larry on a delay from six to eight and and you guys don't want to do that so larry's out i think his talk radio days are over he's gonna sail off into the sunset uh, he should be your governor for the great state of california would have made uh, california great again but the racist that you were you guys in california it's the nimi crowd uh remember Remember, they don't like black people. Uh, a lot of fun things I'm doing, uh, I got to tell you, here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Sin City, uh, it is the city of sin, but you don't have to be sinful to do it. In fact, I, I was talking yesterday about the straight edge living. We'll get into a little bit more of that maybe tomorrow and Thursday. I didn't know if Dowd actually looked into that anymore, the straight edge living, but I think it's something that's uh, certainly interesting. I, I look um, at the Cascade, very interesting fellow. Yeah, he is. And good music, Dowd. Uh, really good. Uh, good high-energy music uh, as well. Uh, the blast going out. Uh, by the way, it's a very windy day. High of nearly 80 degrees. The hottest day on the year thus far here in the state of New Mexico. Uh, you guys are getting gusts over 40 miles an hour. I'm not sure if we're, we're coming in loud and clear, but I certainly hope uh, that we are. 95th day of the year. It's... Um, Gold Star Spouses Day, thanks to those uh, wives out there who are serving and who have lost uh, uh, their loved ones uh, in the uh, firefight to, to, to save this uh, great country. Bell Bottoms Day. I love Bell Bottoms. I don't know about you, Dowd, but I'm a big Bell Bottoms fan. Always have been. I can't wear them to myself, but I would if I was National Dandelion Day and National Flash Drive Day. It was National Backup Day, I believe, last Friday. Uh, back on 1792, Washington issued the first presidential V. Veto. So this is also Veto Day. That's right. Uh, we, we had a governor long ago who was uh, called the uh, Mr. Governor Veto, and I think that that was a pretty good thing. I still wish we had that. I uh, remember my favorite politician of all time, Ron Paul. He, of course, was a guy who didn't pass one bill and uh, pretty much voted against everything. Dr. And, uh, Dr. No, that's right. And uh, we'll, of course, get through this day in music history throughout all the uh, great um, sing-songing coming from our producer eric but uh also happy birthday to <clears throat> excuse me roger corman producer director and also actor michael moriarty some great ones some people who really know uh movies and and know uh, who are real cinephiles uh, would understand all that but speaking of that let's talk about a new mexico film studio uh breaking down folks you guys are breaking ground i should say breaking down i wish they would some of them um in fact when i speak most often with other people throughout the country I had the good fortune of speaking to somebody from boston today uh he's got a daughter at american university he, he said something so funny he says there's three people who have the first amendment right in the state in in the, this country anymore charles barkley curb your enthusiasms larry david mm -hmm. 
and Chris Rock, and now there's only two. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's only two. So it's Charles Barkley and Larry David at this point, uh, the, the freedom of speech. And and they always talk about Better Call Saul, and they always talk about Breaking Bad. And once you know it, he's got a daughter that goes to Pepperdine. He has a daughter that also goes to American University. One's uh, pursuing law now at Suffolk University. And a big shout-out to those who decide to go ahead and pursue law. Uh, may they ever be – may the odds be ever so in your favor, as the Hunger Games uh, would say uh, – which they are definitely not, especially with the Supreme Court. We'll talk about that uh, as well today. But I, I do have to say that everybody who knows New Mexico knows it by passing through New Mexico. They never know it by having an experience or staying there. It's always a passing through experience, ladies and gentlemen. And one of the things that we have to do, let's look at our airport traffic. I think as a metric going forward for any mayor, for any city councilman, for anybody who cares deeply, or even our county commissioners, about the city of Albuquerque uh, and about Bernalillo County, if you don't have those numbers start to go into the other direction, you're not. Remember, our biggest industries are what again, right? Well, was oil and gas now probably pot going forward? Four million. I'm just kidding. Of course, it's not pot, but tourism obviously very very large and if you're not keeping people here and trapping people in the land of entrapment i don't know that you could actually consider your time in office at whatever level you are county commissioner city council um, and uh, be it mayor i don't think that you could actually consider your time your whole entire office is directed on lowering crime increasing the number of people who want to be here and live here, right? And then trapping the people who want to come through here and actually keeping them here and staying here. We need to do a story down about the number of travelers through the state of New Mexico and uh, and especially specifically through the Albuquerque, quote-unquote, international, as we call it, airport. Because look what's happened to Las Vegas, Nevada. This is a city of more than 3 million people who are spending $15, an obscene amount of alcohol. It's just stupid. You see around the, you see these idiots around here getting $15 drinks, and you want to slap every single last one. I'm not even kidding, Dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who's going to spend a, a $15 on a, on a fancy drug? Yeah, you do it here because people are feeling that good. You know, we could have people feeling it. We have better weather than the people in Las Vegas, Nevada. Absolutely. We have so much better weather. I don't even know how to, to, to explain this. How is that we, that we can't keep people here? But our traffic counts through the Albuquerque International Airport doubt are, boy, a lot left to be desired for absolutely sure. So it's something that we have to do. But... We do need to grow the film industry to the extent that it doesn't sort of corrupt our our very conservative uh, underpinnings, values, traditional values. But uh, sorry, too late, folks. They're already completely and totally corrupt. We've legalized weed. Uh, we basically got rid of uh, everything, and we've uh, promoted Red Nation uh, here in the state of New Mexico with the political correctness. So the Albuquerque News has uh, posted this, and a cutting-edge, Dowd, cutting-edge production facility by New Mexicans for New Mexicans. Um, a complete and, and total Chamber of Commerce piece uh, by the film, television editor, copy editor, Devin D. O'Leary, uh, writing for the Weekly Alibi for more than 28 years. Let's also not forget the person who wrote for the Weekly Alibi, who wrote uh, two of the best films that I've seen and two of the most disturbing films, uh, disturbing, excuse me, films that I have seen. Ari Aster, he also wrote for the uh, Weekly Alibi. He's also the writer. I, I don't even know how I accumulate all this bad information, but he is the uh, writer, producer, and 
and director for the uh, movie Hereditary, uh, which is unbelievable. It will shake you to your absolute core. Dowd, uh, the Albuquerque News and uh, our city councilman. Um, uh, what, what's our what's the guy who pr- produces ABQ News? Pat oh, what? Pat Davis. Pat Davis. Pat, PD. PD. Yes. There it is. Public display of affection, PDA, the, uh, if you the will. former PO, police officer who shot a guy in Washington. Uh, yeah. He shouldn't shot a guy. He shot a black man. Don't Black Lives Matter, Pat Davis? Come on, man. Uh, what, what's about? Uh, tell us a little bit about the new Mexico film studio that's breaking ground here. And should this be something we should be celebrating down? Well, I mean, it's it, it's an interesting, and I, I I had no knowledge of this until until yesterday. We put it out in in the blast today, Eddie. It's called, uh, let me guess, New Mexico uh, Film Studios. Real original. They broke ground last week in the South Valley on 13 acres of roadside desert off South Broadway between Isleta, the amphitheater on the east, and Valle de Oro National Wildlife Refuge on the west. But what intrigued me about this, and as I, you know, it's why you got to read the whole article, ladies and gentlemen, because you you find these these gems. Uh, Latina filmmaker, producer, and actress Tassili Rogers hosted the site's opening ceremony in the usual. This is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, the president of this studio uh, is Kurt Young. His background is a former, a founder and chairman of the board for, yes, the Santa Fe Film Festival, but the chief executive officer, uh, New Mexico Film Studios chief executive officer, his name is David Montoya. Uh, he previously worked for Los Alamos National Laboratories and the Department of Veteran Affairs and served as the national security advisor to U.S. Senator, Democratic U.S. Senator Jeff Bingaman. It's just such a small, the economic development community in New Mexico is just such a, a tight group, you know, and they're all, they all seem to be connected to career Democratic politicians. So I found that little gem and I wanted to put that on today's Blast Eddie to just let everybody know that nothing's, nothing's changing in New Mexico. And remember, it's always about who you know, not what you know in all of this. I think that's the most important thing is who you know, not what you know. When it comes to the film industry, I think this is a an industry that's rife with people who are connected to other people and and uh, this is uh, definitely going to be no exception. NBC Universal, I believe, received somewhere, and just in terms of real terms, I think a ten million dollar bonus or a ten million dollar incentive. Uh, let's not count the amount of money that the Garcias uh, basically handed over to them to take over their real estate. I don't know, do sale leasebacks or whatever they happen to go ahead and do. NBC Universal got a sweetheart deal. And NBC Universal had literally nothing to show for it. I don't know where we are as far as the stocks are as as uh, Netflix is, but we spent a god awful amount on Netflix uh, as well, Dowd. And I think um, it's sort of that point in time for us to really reassess what is our cost benefit analysis on the movie movie industry. Are we getting more than what we're receiving? It feels like we haven't had that type of analysis in some time. I think this would just be like a quick overview. You, you know, a quick study on this type of thing. Uh, I can take a quick look. Dowd's going to take a quick look. And I think probably in the next couple of weeks, we can kind of figure out uh, more or less where we're at with everything. Um, well, but 25 I, 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 cents on the dollar and the kickbacks that are going to the film industry. I know that uh, we're probably not ahead of the game yet. Well, don't forget, um, just to quickly answer your question, Eddie, Netflix is down 
almost 45, 50% just in the last six months. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, competition in the streaming space. Uh, I know I, I break my rule by being an HBO subscriber, but damn it, they got me again last night with a brand new documentary about this guy who faked his death in the 70s and became a big cocaine trafficker in Miami, and it's just so damn interesting. I give myself one one indulgence. I don't subscribe to anything else. So Netflix is hurting on, on the stock market, but what you have to remember about a, a, a facility like New Mexico Film Studios, the, the wonderfully created creatively titled New Mexico Film Studios, a film studio located in, in New Mexico, is if you build your facility here, the subsidies you get, if, you, if you're approved, you got to go through the process with the film office and the, and the taxation revenue department. But if you are approved as an in-state production facility, the subsidies you get don't apply to that $110 million annual cap that was raised by Michelle Luan Grisham with Republican support, uh, mostly in the Senate, with Republican support, uh, then those subsidies, uh, there's the, the sky's the limit for subsidies on that. There's It doesn't apply toward the cap. So when you see a politically connected guy here, uh, a former Binghamton employee, uh, learning to work the system in New Mexico, uh, I guess the best investment is just using playing with house money and using taxpayers' dollars. So uh, uh, that cap, which uh, to her credit was imposed imposed by uh, Susana Martinez to at least get some control over this runaway corporate welfare program. It was more than doubled the first moment, practically, that uh, Michelle Luan Grisham was in office with Republican support. But if you've got a facility here, if you're on the ground and you spread around, you know, your context, it's not who you know, it's who I know right here in New Mexico, uh, you, you get unlimited subsidies. So um, it's just a more sign that uh, economic de development in New Mexico, it's an insider's game. Uh, you're not invited to the party, and neither am I. 550-5500. I'll forward the phones. We'll take your calls. Lots to get to here. Broadcasting live from the MGM Rand in Las Vegas, Nevada, the Meadows. Uh, I believe the first Las Vegas was actually in New Mexico, but uh, we gave them the second. And uh, it's all history after that. A hundred and what are we now? 117 uh, years in its existence. And it's a city that has surpassed three million people, despite having, what, a quarter of the water that New Mexico has. We have those great aquifers. Aquifers, um, I don't know, one-tenth of the natural resources, all that. Uh, we'll get to um, more conversation when we return. You're welcome to jump in on this. American Studies hosts talk about sacred Diné landscapes. Diné, the language of the Navajos, and a local artist, oh, Dowd, he set this one up for me, imbues art with love and weed. The dude was smoking weed. He was smoking milkweed, I say. 324, excuse me, 424, 324, Las Vegas time. Back after a quick break right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, here on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening. This one goes out to the one I've left behind. A simple prop to occupy my time. This one goes out to the one I love. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. 
TV hour, Duke Cop 4 and Tower slash the bird return. Listen to yourself, Chair, and tuck them in the uniform of Club Burning Flag by the end of it. Yeah, I know it all. Every single word of REMs, it's the end of the world as we know it. Uh, I know Ernie Nevada is a, um, a big fan of uh, my, and he just had recently had dinner, I, I believe, with my dad. Um, his son, Eric, uh, who I believe is also a listener, Eric Nevada, him and I sat in a room for a weekend until we got every lyric right i believe i was 10 years old 11 years old when that uh, came out maybe 12 years old besides playing nintendo eating apple jacks large tupperware bowls of apple jacks yeah uh, it's amazing about what you can do is like uh you know about a half a gallon and a full box of apple you know i, I actually got the the whole thing right boy about 15 minutes in 12 to 15 minutes in you get that big belly in you right and the apple jacks at about that 12 30 we actually timed it like what is the perfect time for the apple jack to get the maximum softness and hardness right, right. do you yeah, know what that they is get too uh, soft if you leave them in you're right you're they right, get too right. soft but there's yep. a there's a there's a perfect medium and that's sort of the downing point where the texture is so so there's two wow i can't even believe we're going in this direction but of course eddie aragon's going to get lost on the uh, ho chi minh trail so to speak of uh, the uh, talk radio Dowd, you'll love this uh, story. My favorite cereal. If 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 you, what is your favorite? Uh, let me ask you first, and then I'll give you mine because I can. If I were to ask, and I haven't eaten cereal in a long time. No, no, I lie. Um, I had like um, a keto granola. Um, I don't know. I, it, my mom had it in her pantry. But I don't know, four or five months ago. That's the last cereal that I've eaten. Then. And it's not, it's rare that I get it. I, I grew up on grape nuts. My parents hated me so much as a kid. I'm only kidding that I grew up on grape nuts. Grape nuts is like rocks. No grapes, no nuts. <clears throat> it's awful. And then besides that, I was forced to eat cottage cheese and peaches. There's something wrong with my parents. Yeah. They forced me to eat grape nuts and cottage cheese and peaches. And, and when I didn't do that, and, and the, by the way, they did not uh, over overlay the, the huge amount of syrup that's in the, the Sherfine Fine Foods um, uh, peaches. They, they would never do that. Do you know what Sherfine is? John Brooks just died, uh, 82 years young. Do you know where you get Sherfine food? Does anybody know where you get Sherfine foods? Surefine is those, you know, little cans that you get with the very look look up Surefine. It's got a very like curly type of, you know, cursive uh design, right? Sure, it's so fine, it's sure fine. And so anyway, now I'm gonna ask you your question now. I know what my favorite cereal is. What's yours? Uh this is gonna sound like I'm trying to suck up to you, Eddie. Um I have always loved Apple Jacks. I yep. allow myself at the holidays. I've, I've been very good about this in the last decade or so. Around the holidays, I allow myself to buy a ginormous box of Apple Jacks. And I know, like you said, you look, okay. at, the, you look at the distended poor child dying, you know, malnutrition uh, belly yeah. from, from it, because you can't eat just one bowl. They're so no. damn delicious and they're so damn addictive that I allow myself at the holidays. Once a year, I will buy a, buy a giant box of apple jacks. <laughs> All right, so I've got mine. That's a that's a good one. A lot of people into the apple jacks. A lot of people love cinnamon toast crunch, and for the very reasons that I'm about to say for this next cereal. And if you do this cereal just right, 
I don't even know if they sell it anymore. I haven't been down the cereal aisle in years, years. My Saturday for my kids is they get to go ahead and split a, a big breakfast at McDonald's. It's a treat. Um, I used to go to the Frontier, but I think the Frontier sucks, or AKA Frontier slash, uh, what is it? Is it Golden Corral? Is that what it is? No, not Golden Corral. What is the other one? Golden, golden Pride. It's all golden, whatever. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate that. I, I hate the Golden Pride now. Did I tell you why I hate the Golden Pride? They stuff it so full of starch between, I can't find the egg or the bacon in the number four. <laughs> I'm angry about it. I order an extra slice of bacon and there's always some woke transgender or woke, you know, quasi homosexual guy with purple hair, black nails, who's taking my order. And I'm like, I used to go to church with this family that made all these great burritos. And they went to St. Charles with Dick Niffing and I over at the golden pride. You know, it was like, I was all good for it. The golden pride sucks now for me. Okay. So I don't go there anymore, but we get to split that and that it's been some years since I've really kind of gone down the cereal aisle. And by the way, those giant value puffs that you get, those are the worst. If you want to ruin a kid's experience when it comes to cereal, get them some sort of those cereal, weird cereal puffs. Remember the super, super Sugar Crisp, how good those were, right? But you had to eat those. I think the timing on the Super Sugar Crisp is about four to five minutes. But if you buy if you buy the generic, it's like one to two minutes. It sucks. It's the okay. worst, folks. Well, yeah, everyone's doing I knew the Count Chocolate stuff was going to start coming in. Frankenberry. Oh, oh, Frankenberry. Oh, you can never find Frankenberry. You can never find Frank. You would like go up and are you sure you know you don't have Frankenberry? Where's the Frankenberry, right? Um, and then of course everybody could do the uh, they they once they switch the Lucky Charms, the Golden Horse or the uh, Purple Horseshoes, mm -hmm. the magically delicious stuff. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Uh, what's the one um, Captain Crunch? Right, Captain Crunch will hurt you. Captain Crunch will inflict a level of pain on your mouth like no other cereal, ladies and gentlemen. You will love eating it, but somehow, by the way, the same, the same, I don't know if you even remember this, but the same taste for, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, Captain Crunch is the same taste for Donkey Kong cereal. Oh, Donkey Kong. Does anybody even remember Donkey Kong cereal? They had Donkey Kong cereal. Remember they did Donkey Kong, Pac-Man. Mm -hmm. um, they never did a Frogger. I was I would have always thought a Frogger would have been great with the green marshmallows, but they, they uh, I was always New England uh, up in New England Eddie, we had Flutie Flakes for for Boston Did College. you really? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I grew up yeah. on I I grew up on that. Remember that? It was like <laughs> that and so my my tata, he did not know much. He couldn't read or anything. But every single cereal, just like every single Coke or excuse me, every single soft drink in the state of New Mexico is yep. called what? Coke? Coke. Yep. Yep. Every single cereal for those who were born from 1920 to 1950, they called it Post Toasties. Okay. <laughs> Remember the Post Toasties? Post -toasties. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you got to get that fresh farm milk in the Post Toasties, right? You do the Post Toasties. And, uh, okay, so I almost feel like this is the big reveal. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the very best cereal on the planet, but only if you use singular or single granular sugar in the big packages. Nothing in the world tastes better than sprinkling in a nice glass sh uh, sugar bowl. Over your rice crisp, not your rice krispies, your rice checks. 
you put on the, over your rice checks and it fills in those little granular sugars sort of fill in okay, almost okay. like the, um, let me tell you what it's similar to. Okay. It's similar to a true Belgian waffle. Have you ever had a true Belgian waffle? No. Not, okay. So if you eat a Belgian waffle, a real one, like of someone from Belgium, but which by the way is the world's old, does anybody know that uh, Belgium's the world's oldest country? It's pretty old. Do you know what the world, it's the world's oldest country, Belgium. Right? Uh, Hungary and I think Belgium are like the two world's oldest. I think Hungary is the oldest, actually. I think I... I, I what's that? They're older than China? China? China's like the the youngest country in the world. Isn't, isn't uh, China like 50 years, 60 years old? So it's like 1949. The people's... No, the people's... Oh, there's nothing ancient about China, by the way. Yeah, no, Confucianism, no, no, no. Anyway, we digress. If you sprinkle that that sugar dowd over those Rice Krispies, it's almost just like an exact Belgian waffle, the kind that a Belgian woman will make. And she knows how to keep, without dissolving the sugar, she keeps it in the little ridges there of a true Belgian waffle press. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you could eat uh, Rice crisp or rice uh, checks for the rest of your life. Rice checks, remember, they, they, you get the rice, you get the wheat, and then you get the so white re wheat, and then uh, what's the other one? Is it corn? The corn was like a punishment for me because I never liked it because it was too salty, right? <laughs> but the rice all day long, like we were getting, I don't, maybe it's the fact that I just love texture so much and the rice checks, the way it came across, it was like, oh, that was perfect. So anyway, I can talk about cereal all day. A lot of people have their favorites. Honeycomb. Yeah, that's a big one, right? Honeycombs were good. Play the 70s TV commercial. That would be fun. Honeycomb's yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not small. No, no, no. See? Is that what it is? I there it is. So, yeah. I'd like to buy the world of Coke. Uh, let's see. Cocoa Pebbles. Then you, oh, yeah, that is pretty good. But see, Cocoa Pebbles are a lot like Fruity Pebbles. They got about the same runtime. And the problem is, is the amount of time between the Saturday morning uh, commercials. Yeah, right, right. And the Saturday morning cartoons and the amount of time. Like, if you don't nail that, like, if you don't nail that timing down between the cartoons, the breaks, and uh -huh. and uh -huh. and the amount of time the milk will make the 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 cereal soggy, Dad, I think you got to get that. You got You got to get that. That's an exact science, right? You you don't nail that out of nowhere. Cocoa Pebbles. Then you have chocolate milk. So good, but so bad for you. I could do uh, Captain. Everybody loves the Captain Crunch. The problem is, is on the roof of your mouth. If you eat too much and eat too fast, it'll make the roof of your mouth raw. By the way, Reese's peanut butter, uh, Reese's peanut butter uh, cereal, the worst cereal I've ever had. I hated it. Damn, Eddie. I know what you're talking about. I love me some... See, everybody right now just about to ready to carbo load. Who's not ready to carbo load? Oh, I feel like we're feeding the, the pot the pot people out there. Oh, yeah. We're Wake giving them the, yeah. the straight-up munchies. Are, are they waking and baking to cereal? That's right. I think somebody should assess uh, Quisp cereal. I don't even know. What is a Quisp cereal? That sounds like... Quisp? I've never heard of that. I, I don't know. Golden Pride has the best smoked chicken. I don't care what Golden Pride has. I, I don't go there anymore. I'm just done with it. Uh, I don't smoke weed. I don't smoke weed. Okay. I, I like the fact that people have to clarify that to be a, a texture here in the Kiva. Count Chocula at Halloween. Count Chocula all day long, right? That was really good. 
Well, the Lucky Charms for me, I think, had way too many of the not enough marshmallows and way too many of the wheat things. They got a little bit too woke for a while. Remember when they were so committed to being wheat? This was pre. Uh, what what is it when you have, go anti wheat? What is that called? Oh, uh, there's uh, a diet oh, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gluten gluten resistant. Gluten, right? Gluten, Can you imagine yeah. all these people now dealing with uh, that? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Universal and I-25 Studios bought out my daughter's volleyball building off of Hanover over by West Mesa High. Now they are looking for a new facility. There you go. Um, oh, here come all the anti-Zanetti people. I'll talk more about that a little bit later. Boy, I, I do have some good news uh, before we move on from cereal. Sure. Uh, according to uh, official publications, I guess this would be General Mills, uh, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry are all produced continue to be produced seasonally between September 1st and October 31st. However, Fruit Brute and Fruity Yummy Mummy have been discontinued. <laughs> oh, so so at the General Mills, when you're hanging out there, maybe the new high in New Mexico is... <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize for this, for jumping in on your uh, weed, weed wagon here. But if you get high... And then you go to the balloon fiesta and you get the wafting coming from General Mills while Booberry and Count Chocula, Count Chocula being produced at the General Mills uh, factory, right? Huh? Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Is that a truly New Mexican experience? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's going to take that. Uh, uh, more All the original ideas in New Mexico come from the uh, Kiva, by the way. Frankenberry, is even still around? Thank you, Dad. Thanks for putting that out. Seasonally, um, yes. Oh, Mikey. Life. Life. Life was great, except the only problem with life, I think the uh, seed time from milk to cereal was about five to eight minutes. I didn't have life very often. I didn't have life very often. So I'm still looking um, for a life. Uh, anyway, Eddie, the, the important thing about life that we all have to – that was a joke. Uh, the, the, the only thing – the important thing we have to remember about life cereal and Mikey, as you heard on the playground in New Mexico and I heard on the playground in southern New England, the kid who played Mikey, he one day he drank uh, a mouthful of soda with Pop Rocks and he died. Who did, did this? That? Mikey did? Did you get that story out here? Maybe it didn't make it west of the Mississippi, but we heard. Wait, Mikey died by yes. doing Pop Rocks and... Pop Rocks and soda. We never heard from him again. <laughs> Is that a true story? I think it it's an urban legend, but we'll we'll, we'll look it up just to be sure. <laughs> Is this similar to Mentos in, into into Is this the same thing where have you ever seen the Mentos experiment with into the Coca-Cola? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you've seen that, right? Drop Mentos oh, yeah. in a Coca-Cola, right. and, and it's yeah. all sorts of science. You'll win science fairs just with that because your scientist uh, says – uh, your your science teacher, I remember my uh, science teacher, the only thing he ever did for me at middle school, Mr. Jarghese, was stop a fight from beating the holy living crap out of somebody in the middle of B Hall at John Adams. Oh, wow. Talk about old school, kicking old school there. Um, and then, um, Mikey's my, alive, by the way. I, I've confirmed that Mikey is alive. Uh, John Gilchrist, child actor best known as Mikey, from the, from the commercial, was tossing around a baseball in 1979 when his mom got a bizarre phone call from a stranger hmm. sobbing. I'm so sorry to hear about your son, she said. What do you mean his mother Hilarious. He's at the park. He just came back from school. Probably just a wacko, his mother thought, but it weirded her out. So she sent my oldest brother, uh, the, the actor said, my oldest brother to drive by the field where I was playing to make sure I was okay. That's when I first heard 
the Pop Rock Story, <laughs> 1979. That's wow. hilarious. Yeah. Mikey liked it too much, uh, says one texter. General Mills, Colonel Sanders, Captain Crunch, back when we still had real military officers. That's very funny. <laughs> you guys are good today. Who is Antizanetti? Good old New Mexico, dumber than a box. We are dumber than a box of rocks. We will elect a governor in the state of New Mexico, uh, which will make New Mexico worse uh, the next time around. I don't know how New Mexico does it. I think it's because we put the new in front of Mexico. <laughs> I don't even know that New Mexico is better than Old Mexico at this point. Uh, and not to add a little bit too much uh, fuel to the fire. We got off on a complete and total tangent, all because I remembered my old friend, uh, Eric Nevada, and uh, eating a hell of a lot of uh, cereal growing up. Republicans are sending the White House a warning shot on potential f- future Supreme Court vacancies. Uh, we'll get to that. But uh, very quickly, oh, by the way, I got accused of uh, snorting cocaine yesterday on the show. Uh, that was wow. from Katrina, Republican Party hack. There's so many Republican Party hacks, Dowd. Wow. And they all listen. Yeah, she said, uh, here's, okay. and f- yeah, she said, uh, 539 yesterday. She's a complete Republican hack. She's, she works on Team J Block, by the way. She sent me this. She says, uh, what did she say? Sounds like you guys are snorting cocaine. Hmm. Yeah, because I was in Vegas. I'm not even kidding. That, that's guys, literally what is she trying to rope me into that? What's, what's, I think what's, she actually did. I think she was. I think she was saying something about that. Yeah, so Katrina was uh, saying that yesterday. There you go, wow. doubt. So you got uh, roped into that. I apologize for that. I actually have a little bit of a runny nose. It has to do with something called allergies. I'm getting heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. Is that because of the wind? And the pollen, you oh, idiots, news people. Damn, <clears throat> is it pollen? <laughs> okay, so uh, 550, 50, 500. Uh, very quickly, we have to actually address one thing before we uh, cut to break. We can't just sort of uh, hack into this. Um, but I think the local artist imbuing art with love and we, Dowd, you set this up for me. You know how much I hate marijuana, how much more I hate marijuana smokers, and even that much more how much I hate the marijuana industry. The Daily Lobo uh, blasts this one out. And uh, I don't know. I'd like to know as what percentage of the population of any ethnic minority group out there, what percentage are users? So, what percentage of Hispanics, what percentage of Asian Americans? What percentage of black African-Americans use weed? I really would like to know those numbers. And then what percentage of white uh, Americans use weed at this point? I think since everything else is racial, I want to make weed racial. Uh, Did they do a survey with the $4 million that was surveyed for the first couple of days? Weed legalization in the state of Mexico. Did we do a little bit of a across uh, you want to know your audience especially if you're selling weed and you want to know who you're selling to what percentage of the sales were to each one of those ethnic groups i'd love to know down yeah uh well i mean 5.2 million according to the governor's press release yesterday i i've got that in, in the daily blast but what was more interesting to me wait and, the and- woman did a press release do you think she's worried about being elected re-elected in 2022 yeah. Like, like, how stupid do you Republicans need to be to understand that this woman doesn't give a crap about anything that you think? Oh, it's gonna get, it gets worse than that, Eddie. Here's an exact quote from, uh, well, whoever wrote this for the governor. It's attributed to the governor. New Mexico's launch of recreational cannabis has been one of the most successful, if not the most, of any state, not to mention that we beat Colorado's numbers for first-day sales. <sighs> oh, my gosh. 
Can can someone take us out with "Loser" by Beck? Uh, there, uh, D Dowd. I mean, excuse me, uh, Eric. Uh, make sure you play that on the way out. We're bragging about the amount of pot sales and calling it the most successful. Repeat that one more time, because it's not going to matter to Michelle Lujan Grisham. This is her spiking the football in your backyard and not worrying a crap about her policy decisions. In fact, taking pride in it. Uh, this is, again, it's in the Daily Blast. If you subscribe, ladies and gentlemen, this is the this is what I do every night. I scour the internet for all these little gems on the uh, uh, online. Uh, this is the press release from your governor, official office of the governor, www.governor.state.nm.us. That makes it official. New Mexico cannabis sales top $5.2 million in first weekend press release, April 4th, 2022. Uh, and according to your governor, an exact quote, New Mexico's launch of recreational, recreational cannabis has been one of the most successful, if not the most, of any state. Not to mention that we beat Colorado's numbers for first day sales. New Mexicans demonstrated the strength of the demand for this exciting new industry. And it is clear that adult use cannabis is going to be a contributor to our diverse state. Oh, contributor. There we go. Wow. Uh, did anybody hear about the amount? Uh, I think somebody sent me a text. Did you hear about this? That somebody took all this pot to school, got like 14 kids high with, uh, did you hear about Al this, Dowd? Algodonus, I think it was. Yep. Yep. Algodonus, yeah, Berlio. Do you, do you realize how much more? That's just the stuff that's being reported right now. Mm, mm. Is Michelle Lujan Grisham the biggest dope peddler in the entire country at this point? Did she just become Tony Montana? I think she did. Take us out uh, there, uh, Eric. I appreciate uh, everybody for tuning in here this afternoon. What a wild second segment here to kick off the first hour here on this Tuesday, April the 5th, 45622. Wow, we have all of that. A lot more texts uh, coming in as well. But yeah, although we have some of the best weather in the whole country, you can't compare that entertainment that Las Vegas has to offer. And fine restaurants plus the gambling, not to mention the cost. Las Vegas is an international city, New York an international city. Same goes for San Francisco. Francisco, Seattle, Washington, D.C. I'll read the rest when we return. Soy un perdedor. I'm a loser, baby. Why don't you kill me? Beck taking us out here on this uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Back and for AM 600K at ABQ.FM. With a phony gas chamber Because one's got a weasel And other's got a flag One's on the pole Shove the other in the bag With the rerun shows And the cocaine no job The daytime crap Of the folk singer's club He hung himself With a guitar string A slab of turkey neck And it's hanging From a pigeon wing When I got to the show, 
I thought you've been crying. DJ sucks. Makes me sad. Ah, oh, good stuff. Well, it's a little bit of a REM day. I can see that Eric really enjoys uh, REM, and that is uh, pretty cool. Love REM. Uh, kind of a post-punk band, uh, but then at the same time, uh, you know, they sort of were right there with all the college radio that was going on out of Athens, Georgia. The reason why they're being uh, played so much today is because on this day back in, uh, well, what day, Dowd? Is, uh, what year? Uh, 1980, 19- I believe. 1980. Okay. <clears throat> Michael Stipe, Bill Buck, and the uh, man with the strangest eyebrows I've ever seen on a human being. Was, is it Bill Buck that has the strange eyebrows? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, I, I believe it is. Uh, the strangest eyebrows I've ever seen on a human being. So back in 1980, they played their first gig. Is gig short for something? How did we get the word gig? That's always interesting. That is um, a good question. Yeah. So it's the Aryan played its first gig gig is, is it short for anything or is a gig just are we talking about like you know the gig economy what does a gig mean is it uh, jig as in gigolo you know then it got pronounced gig i'd be love to know the uh, of uncertain origin wow uncertain huh. origin Wow. See, I had, to, I had to come from someplace. Someone's got to do a whole movie on the word gig and then roll it back until the first gig. Uh, could trace its etymology to the uh, a state of boisterous merriment and fun called a whirly gig, then shortened to a gig, and then someplace ah. would go to play. Okay. Giggle, like a uh-huh. giggle. Oh, that's, that's yeah. so fun. It's it makes me giggle. Oh, it's a gig. It's, it's 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 enjoyment. There we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, played his first gig appearing at an abandoned church in Athens, Georgia. I'd love to know the church and whether or not any satanic rituals have been done there. Uh, 1985, over 5,000 radio stations worldwide aired We Are the World, the charity single by USA for Africa. You know, all I have to ask is what the hell was Dan Aykroyd doing at that recording? I don't know about anything else. Why was Dan Aykroyd there? He had no business being there. That's why. What the hell is why was Dan Ack right there? 5,500. Well, let's see. I put you up there with Art Bell, Rush, and Don Imus. Wow. Miss those guys. Glad you're out. Jeez. That's some that's some crazy company. I-Man, especially, from Ribero. Ribero. Well, let's see. Um, New Mexico demonstrated how depraved we are. We are sort of uh, depraved. Take us out, Eric. I'm going to miss the top of the hour. That's something that uh, Art Bell didn't, did, didn't do. Oompa Loompa, dope dealer, baby killer. Ooh, that is good. Good slogan there. Take us out, Eric. Uh, we'll see you hour two coming at you from the 505. When I got to the show, yo, oh, oh. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. percent pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. PCN listeners. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. 505 in the 505. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. At AM-
Alexander Kiabi, ABQ.FM Rock. I'm 550-5500. Had the little security team uh, visiting the hotel while we were here. So I apologize if anybody heard any of that that was coming through the radio, I guess. Um, so I guess uh, they could hear us. Uh, um, me, my mic was left on uh, over there. 550-5500, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Don't forget to app us uh, directly at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. Hour two coming at you from the abq and las vegas nevada from the mgm grand where i'm broadcasting live grammys yesterday and then last or excuse me two days ago last night the ncaa championship um the pool is absolutely packed uh, today i spent uh, pretty much most of my day over there hanging out at the pool and uh, reading and catching up on a lot of articles finished two books by the way dad i think you would certainly uh, enjoy that uh, during that nice. time uh but yeah it's always good to kind of get and catch up um one of the amazing things that will happen to you while you were in Vegas is the number of steps that you take. Yes. Uh, if anybody has a pedometer and you're looking to uh, go ahead and shed the weight, so to speak, uh, best way to do it is uh, walking through all of Las Vegas uh, top to bottom. Lots of topics uh, to continue to get through here in the Kiva. Uh, hi, Eddie. Gig comes from the 1920s jazz scene derived from engagement. Uh, that would be the most correct uh, way. Uh, David, I appreciate you letting me know that we were coming through the mic. Uh, that was good. Um, let's see, more text that I need not to get to finish up as we were ramping up the end of the hour. Kids already ingested pot candy in school in less than a week. You know, your head pot dealer, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. Pot dealer, baby killer. I like that. I like the ring of that. That's uh, nice. My new hat, just bought it at a store in Los Lunas. That would be a New Mexico Lizard Proud. Uh, I like that. And then uh, finally, Steve says, I've been an extra on several TV shows, including appearances on Better Call Saul and a set for Independence Day 2. Almost all licensed played Albuquerque studios are from out of state, so most of the money fee, the cast and the crew especially, and their semis full, uh, semis full of equipment is direct deposited to out-of-state bank accounts. Extras make $9.20 only peanuts so the return is very low and, and if you were a <laughs> subscriber to rock of talk chat ladies and gentlemen last year you would have seen my deep dive on the latest angelina jolie movie in which i looked i read all the credits and i detailed where all those people on the higher paying jobs not the drivers not the extras but the prop master and the you know lighting well i guess the art direction type people and the guy who did the underwater photography none of them were from New Mexico. They were all from California, wow. New York, Utah, Florida, all other states. It's really incredible um, how much money we just kind of spit out of the state uh, when you continue uh, uh, to do so. Um, but uh, Steve says, and this is, you know, Steve is one of our best listeners. He says, most movies go straight to DVD from New Mexico. I don't know what most is. Is that 60%, 50%, 60 70%, 80%? Is it more than that? Um, but they go straight to DVD because they're just sicking up, sucking up money from the state. Why doesn't the state put in the contract that it gets 5%, 10% of all the profits? Um, let's take this a step further. If most of these are going straight to DVD, there's not even DVD. Who owns a DVD player? Does anybody? What does that mean, straight to DVD anymore? I think the Redbox, the, the Redbox DVD at the convenience store. What do you, like, I don't even know what a Redbox even is anymore. It's, Redbox. It's, like it's a vending. Machine. I know what it is, but it, yeah. what I'm saying is, I haven't seen a Redbox in two or three, four years. It's been some time. Eric, uh, when's the last time you saw a red box? I think it was pre-pandemic. Is that correct? 
No, I see them at Smith's and Walgreens actually still has them. Okay. Do they really? Okay. Anyway, when's the last time uh, for many of our listeners uh, texting in at 550-5500 as they enjoy my Fiji water here? Um, don't know why uh, be accused from doing cocaine by Katrina or, I don't know, drinking uh, tequila or vodka That's here why uh, since I'm in Vegas. Yeah. yeah, it was. No, I left the door open uh, here oh. at the at the at the room and so security i guess you know they have a big crime problem with people just sort of going through from hotel to hotel this is why they put a safe in your room ladies and gentlemen get in the habit of locking everything up remember those yep walgreens uh, oh okay people still do Redbox. apparently i don't know who but uh, but certainly certainly not me i don't i don't do that uh sorry about missing the uh, phone calls uh Last hour, Eric uh, wasn't paying attention to uh, any of that. But let's get to uh, more of the show. 550, 5500. By the way, Pope Joy no longer requiring proof of vaccine or negative COVID test, but still requiring the mask, um, by the way. And another person texts in, they see the text all over. You know, I didn't go to two Pope Joy uh, performances that I had tickets for. Why didn't I go? You had to be vaxxed. Vaxxed. That's it. I refused to do it. You know, I wanted to take my kids to a couple things and didn't do it because why? They require the vax. I'm not going to do it. Um, Okay. New Mexico State University Big Tree Ideas Salon invites community to discuss resilience. This is interesting. The use of the word salon. I wonder what's the first entertainment slash news slash television slash radio program to use the word salon. Uh, Who would that be exactly? Yeah, that would be us. Big Tree Ideas Salon invites community to discuss resilience. Uh, Dow, this one uh, just being done uh, here from the New Mexico State University newspaper. Tell us. Yeah, I mean, and, and this drives me crazy because I people on the right, libertarians and, and conservatives, we tend to be awful at marketing. The left is so brilliant in terms of how they use language uh you know it, uh, subsidies and government spending are public investment now uh you know a, a swamp is a wetland uh, you know, they've, they've been brilliant for years and years and years and probably the greatest trick they ever played was switching from global warming to climate change because that means that even if the temperature is below normal that still means that suvs are to blame uh, and you need to you of know, course you, you gotta pot. blame the suvs for everything uh, anybody who even owns an suv who's ever owned an suv doubt well because you could not be you cannot be against for example smart growth if you oppose the smart growth agenda that means you're for dumb growth if you're against the sustainability agenda that means your policies are unsustainable so they have attached uh, they've, they've seized on a new word resilience and eddie i just you know i fought these people come october it'll be my 30th anniversary i i like the old homer simpson line i love you but i must kill you i i respect my enemies okay because they know how to fight and too many people on my side just don't know how to fight so they're going to have the uh, salon the big tree ideas salon i guess this uh, uh they're, they're saying that this is a Harkening back to the the Paris salons of the 1920s and the 1930s, uh, three friends from New Mexico State University. When did they come up with this? Uh, When did they they come up with this? They claim 2019. So 
will BS. Mm-hmm. Um, but the speakers, the, the the focus, and again, you know, you might see this headline and pass right by it. But as a trained professional, I can read these press releases and see what's really going on. The speakers will be approaching resilience from the ground up. We have a professor from plant sciences talking about plant resilience. We have a government professor talking about democracy and resilience. I think we all know what that's about. Uh, we have a representative from a local nonprofit talking about community resilience. And we have someone from astronomy. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be talking about asteroids and galaxy resilience, but uh, I think when we hear democracy and resilience, we we know where they're going to. We know what their perspective will be. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think what their perspective is uh, completely focused on the resilience against Republicans, conservatives, and anybody who's ever followed Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the resilience By against the way, limited the- government and property rights. Um, I've probably talked to a good 30 people since I've been here in Vegas, and I'm glad to be heading back uh, home tomorrow. So um, I'm very excited about that. I can't wait back uh, to get back to Albuquerque and I've been spending a lot of time away but I've been getting a lot of feedback because I talk to everybody you know I can't shut up for one um I, I guess even during the break so apologize for that coming through but I'm trying to eat at a nice place before I leave um, so I uh, have a, a great uh, guy who's uh, hosting us uh, here at the casino but let me say this um the consensus on the support for Trump across the country, Boston, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, Illinois, um, Culver City, California, Seattle, um, Texas, I want to say Dallas, I think probably somewhere central Texas. Um, and then what else did I hear? Um, Harlingen, Texas, okay. the consensus. Guess what it is? They don't want Trump to run again. Time to go. Not okay. not at all in any way, shape, or form interested in in having Trump run again. So I think we're sort of just at this point, uh, uh, by the way, where I think we've just kind of gone, got beyond all of that. And we've decided that we are moving forward. And Trump has led the way. He has sacrificed himself, sacrificed his wealth, taken almost no feedback i mean taking almost almost no pushback from the other side as far as he possibly can but i think at this point it just becomes something where he's just raising money and for what Mm -hmm. we're way too far off for the presidential election it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh somebody was telling me i was slurping very loud slurping uh are you guys getting any slurping coming back through the microphone at all i'd love to hear it I could hear a little pop rock going it. on there. But, but. Oh, really? That was me crunching <laughs> ice. I thought uh, my mic was off. Sorry. Yeah, I love my uh, Fiji water that I get. Uh, you get the Fiji water. Uh, we got a Hobbesian, uh, um, by the way, not a Thomas Hobbesian, which is a uh, sort of um, discipline of philosophy. I don't know if anybody knows the philosophy of histories uh, that are out there. And then a Hobbesian uh, uh, worldview, uh, Thomas Hobbes, uh, of course. Well, but this was a, yeah, somebody... Um, and by the way, not a whole lot of people know about uh, what the Leviathan actually is. I think we should do a show on that sometime. I think that's important. But oh, a Hobbes sure. man who has been arrested more than 14 times since 2015 was again arrested one more time. <sighs> Dowd. I tell you, they're looking for a new police chief down there. They're looking for a woke police chief. Um, I don't know that they need to be more woke than this guy. This guy is... Uh, uh, quite the in- interesting guy. He sounds like a country singer. Reed Menifee. 
got to be white, uh, 29 years of age, arrested on March 25th on a warrant for arson, uh, less than $250, a misdemeanor. According to this, on March 6th, an off-duty officer was traveling westbound on Rose Lane at the intersection of Rose and Del Paso, and the officer said he saw Menifee crouched down a bar ditch the southeast corner of the intersection. According to the officer, it contained grass weeds approximately 8 to 10 inches high. The off-duty officer noticed Menifee shielding the wind with his body and appearing to be hiding something. So he stood up, smoke and fire began to emit from where he was crouched. The off-duty officer and his wife got out of their vehicle. That's interesting. The off-duty officer, I mean, talk about uh, real commitment to the community. Put out the fire before it could become even larger because the Hobbs PD officer was off-duty. And new Menifee's identity for his encounters. <laughs> Menifee was not arrested at the time, but a warrant was put out for his arrest. And another recent incident uh, occurring on St. Patty's Day, uh, the Los Angeles Sheriff's officers uh, were in the area of Billy Walker Road attempting to serve a warrant for Menifee's arrest. The deputies believe Menifee to be hiding in a caliche pit. Those are hard rock pits that were attempting to locate him. Before deputies could speak with him, he on the pro- he was on the property and driving away. Menifee jumped off the tractor while. <laughs> it was moving began running northbound for about one and a half miles through ranch land before he was taken into custody by deputy this guy is uh he, he's an episode of dukes of hazard 24 <laughs> 7 yeah, or, or cops. Good old <laughs> they got him for uh let's see unlawful taking of a motor vehicle to wit a tractor criminal char- uh, damage to properly property and resisting or evading or obstructing uh, a third incident back in february he's alleged to have stolen a four-wheeler and dirt bike from the backyard of a residence uh etc 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 this man is his own <laughs> is his own espanola police blotter um but you know I, again eddie it's 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 just a, a criminal justice system in this state even in a part of the state like Hobbs where you'd think things would be a little more level-headed you know you'd really shut down someone like this we've got big problems in criminal justice in this state it's one of uh, 37 good reasons uh, we don't have ec- real economic development jeez I feel like uh, there's a country singer down in southern New Mexico just would just uh, you know they should call them you know the, the Menifee 15 or something and just <laughs> just basically write songs about this guy's exploits like he's a hero of the community what he got away with and how he did it everything from burning weeds because he had to or you know I just think it would be absolutely comical uh, for this uh, uh, speaking more about uh, news from around the state mountain bikes race return sees a big turnout uh, deed out Muska the Tommy Knocker yeah. 10 mountain bike race. Uh, great name, by the way, the Tommy, Tommy Knocker. Tommy Knocker 10. What, what is this? Well, it's just a little event down in Grant County. And, and Eddie, I, I just, I, I'm starting to see this more, more and more. I read this morning a, a tweet that Jordan Peterson sent out. Uh, there was an article, I guess, in one of those awful East Coast magazines, you know, New York or the New Yorker or the New Republic. You know, they all believe, blue check Twitter, they all believe the same things. And uh, we're shocked. Cover story, lot uh, youth suicides going through the roof. Uh, this article, and, and I love to read the papers down in, in Grant County because I, you know, people know I, I, I love rural, rural New Mexico. And, one of these days I'm going to get out of Tim Keller's uh, nightmarish uh, post-apocalyptic city and get myself to, out into rural New Mexico on a one-way trip. Uh, they were just, you know, so surprised that this mountain bike race that hadn't been held for, you know, two years, you know, 350 people registered. Uh, we, you know, we, we were, we, race really felt like a success. I had no idea it was going to be this successful. Uh, I think over 500 people participated overall in the event with 350 racers. Eddie, I love the little picture of, 
the little boy, he looks like he's, I don't know, five or six on, on his, I guess there was sort of a, a kiddie race. Oh, these are kids age three to nine, uh, getting out, get, uh, not wearing masks, riding their masks, uh, riding their little bicycles and not wearing masks. But I, I, it's just stunning that we continue to see the shock uh, on the part of people who, sh- you know, adults who should know better. Boy, a lot of people wanted to come back to this community event and and be outside and exercise and have fellowship with their fellow community members. It's shocking. Wow. Human beings are, are social creatures. All that stuff we warned about two years ago. You shouldn't be shocked. <clears throat> That's uh, crazy stuff, Dowd. Uh, but uh, they are, and they want to continue to uh, keep things shut down. And when things open up, I think they're overall they're pretty surprised uh, that they do. But I'm just glad that things can sort of just get back on their feet again or sure. get back on their uh, rubber tires. I think that that's good. Uh, this a tweet from Tessa Mentis just coming in. Uh, Welp, Bernalillo Public Schools posted this on their district site. At approximately 1 p.m., Algodona School Administration was notified that a student brought edible THC-infused candies and shared them with approximately 14 other students. So that's uh, that was the report that uh, came in. Down. So our youngsters, you guys are we're just me really into a prohibitionist. You're turning <clears throat> me into a prohibitionist. Damn you! <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty bad. Uh, let's see. How about the New Mexico cannabis sales? Top 5.2 million in first weekend. Let's uh, let's dig into the press release. Just maybe a cut deeper uh, if we can. Uh, this released yesterday on April the 4th. Uh, we should be uh, probably memorializing Dr. Martin Luther King's passing, you know, early morning, April 4th. Memphis sky where the shots ring out and uh no one said we're talking about 5.2 million dollars in sales did the republican party of the state of new mexico have anything to say about this and did they say doubt i'm interested did they say anything about the republicans who voted in support of legalizing it Okay, I'm on their website right now. Uh, Press releases there, Mike Curtis. Never nervous curses, uh, Curtis, I I should say. Let's see. uh, A Federal Election Commission fines against National Democratic Party. Okay. Uh, Governor's call for special session, nothing but political theater. Statement on the passing of Pat Rogers. Uh, Statement on the tragic crash that killed students and coach from the Hobbs-based University of the Southwest. I think we got uh, zilch on weed, Eddie. Zilch. Funny that, uh, because the Republican Party is also in support of legalizing weed, especially as politicians. Remember Mark Moores? Do you guys recall the person who prevented Mark Moores from, from supporting vocally with his vote right remember he was all about legalizing it do you guys remember that mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i called him to the carpet and we prevented him from voting do you remember that day i, I remember <laughs> i don't know if anybody else does but i do <laughs> it's like uh, where's the where's the vote for mark moore's where's the pot smoking mark moore's uh, i don't know if he's a pot smoker or not but he was certainly in in support of, of legalizing it of our gubernatorial candidates Dowd, I don't know if we can uh, do a uh, deep dive into this, but I would love to know of our gubernatorial candidates, Greg Zanetti, Mark Ronchetti, Eddie Spaghetti. No, sorry. I just like saying that afterwards. Jay Block, Rebecca Dow. Who was in favor of legalizing marijuana? Mm. 
Do we have them on the record? Who's on the record? Let's see. I'm looking at the issues pages of one right now. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see much uh, I'm already getting. Me. I'm already getting good text back right now from people. Uh, <laughs> people saying, uh, "Let's see. I don't know if you guys can still hear me." Uh, sorry, sorry. Apologize. Apologize. Um, people are always saying, Eddie, that's a very good question. Are you vaxxed and do you support weed? As far as I'm concerned, those are like the two, two major things. Were you in favor of shutdowns? Are you on the record? Did you vote at any point to quote unquote, protect the public health <laughs> by, I don't know, staying home, supporting shutdowns, getting vaxxed? It's valid questions. More in this press release, uh, by the way. Between midnight, Friday, April 1st, and 11.59 on Sunday, cannabis retailers made 5.2. I wish we accounted for anything like we account for pot. <laughs> That's a good point. Adult use sales alone brought 3.5. Medical cannabis. Uh, this must have been a record for medical cannabis. Uh, how many people have medical cannabis cards now? Why bother? 80. 80 uh, right. 87,773 transactions. 87, there was an 87,000 people making gas purchases this weekend. I would say that there were more people buying gas in the state of New Mexico, or I mean, buying pot in the state of New Mexico than bought gas this weekend. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of a far cry, but I, I don't know. Maybe not that far. It can't be more than double. It can't be double gas purchases over the number of, of those. New Mexico is ready for this historic opportunity to end prohibition. In every state that launched adult use sales before New Mexico, some retailers sold out on opening day. Through careful regulatory planning, hand-in-hand hand with industry, New Mexico cannabis producers have done something that's never been done before. Maybe they know where this is polling. Maybe they understand in, in their polling, in terms of for and against, okay, maybe there's one too many Republicans who have uh, partaken of, the, uh, of, of weed. And either through selling it by, oh, yeah, former Susanna, uh, former Governor Susanna Martinez, her husband, Franco. Uh, you also have uh, former uh, conservative talk show host, Darren White. Just say no. Remember, just say no. Darren White. Just say no. Just say no. Remember that? Boy. Still available under on DB <laughs> under head DB. And uh, no, I'm not talking about defensive back. It's not, it, they call him D dub. And then he is forever to be known as DB. Not only do you flip sides, but to make as much money as you possibly can. And you're wanting to go ahead and legalize it. 550, 500. Any other uh, interesting facts? Do you doubt Muska? Well, I, they've been, they've been issuing these press releases in the last couple of days Eddie, talking about this wonderful leadership of the governor and this regulatory regime they've put in place. We've only been open for sales a couple of days. We don't, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know how, how well we're enforcing the driver impaired stuff. We don't know how well it's being kept out of kids' hands. Don't, don't declare victory a couple of days into this. You're just, you're just so delighted you have all that extra money to spend and it's an election year. These people are just fundamentally dishonest. 
go. We can do a little bit of uh, Dukes of Hazard, little Daisy Dukes. Oh, there we go. Was that Daisy Duke still even a thing anymore? I'm not even sure, but uh, she sir, she certainly was a purdy. She sir is purdy. Back after a quick break, 428 here, local Las Vegas time, 528. Back in the ABQ, coming at you hour two. Back in a few, right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIV, FM. for nearly two decades now. His political career peaked when he was the Republican nominee for Congress two years ago, but lost to Democrat Martin Heinrich in that race. At times, his career has been controversial. News 13's Nancy Laughlin is here with that part of our team coverage. Dick, until the last four days, Darren White never shied away from a TV camera or his political aspirations. And that has been a criticism of law enforcement officers who served under him. I do not want this man walking the streets of Albuquerque. We're taking the worst of the worst off the streets. I hope you stay in a cage for the rest of your life. Darren White has always loved the spotlight, all the way back to the late 1980s after he moved to New Mexico and became a force, literally. He was a member of the APD music group called The Force that made that music video. As an APD sergeant, he got a huge promotion when Governor Gary Johnson made him secretary of the New Mexico Department of Public Safety. While secretary, state police officers gave him a vote of no confidence over pay in politics. White resigned after Governor Johnson began advocating legalizing pot. In 1999, he became a TV reporter at KRQE. Then in 2002, he ran for sheriff of Bernalillo County and won. In 2004, he was the New Mexico chairman of the Bush-Cheney 2004 campaign. He was re-elected as sheriff in 06 and had his sights set on something bigger. He left the sheriff's department to run for Congress in 2008, but was soundly defeated by Martin Heinrich. In late 2009, he was back in power when Mayor Barry appointed him chief public safety officer for the city. Darren White, some very powerful politicians have, including President Bush, who came to New Mexico for a fundraiser for White's congressional run. Back to you. All right, Nancy, if you're wondering where Darren White was through all of these developments today, he and his wife are in New York. Oh, there you go. Uh, they played, uh, Darren White of uh, conservative talk fame, or I don't know, is it... APD force fame or I don't know, uh, cannabis fame uh, at this point, uh, CD1 fame, uh, losing to Martin Heinrich, literally the last person who had a chance to kind of, uh, this is after Heather Wilson, folks, the last person who had a chance to, like, he was so despised, I think, even by his own, like, we've never been able to get that seat back. Uh, fortunately, we have uh, uh, Sanchez, uh, who's uh, back in there. That was... 
that seat was owned by Republicans up until the point that Darren White ran for it. You had uh, you had Manuel Lujan, then you had Schiff, then you had Heather Wilson, and then they're like, well, you know, Darren White's the next logical step. <laughs> if, if Darren White is the answer, it must be a really dumb question. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. 550-55. I don't even know what to say after that. Like, that. that's a great finish to any show. You know, whatever, <laughs> just just dropped him, just dropped the mic, just like uh, he had to do over at KKOB. Finally, the pushback. I mean, people. He literally was driving people to my radio show. Mm-hmm. He was driving people away from KK. Uh, the new ratings just came out. KKOB's at uh, number one, but it's never been able to get to the numbers that it had when I started the Kiva. When I started the Kiva, it had like a nine share. Now it's like, it's lucky if it gets a five share, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, there's, it's not good. They've got the new, um, as a uh, DB Cooper, uh, often likes to call in now and talk about all that stuff. I mean, yeah, it was whatever, um, let's get into that. So congratulations to Mexico. You're all stupid. New Mexico cannabis sales top 5.2 million in the first weekend. Glad you're celebrating it. Boy. Mm. It's nice to know that uh, nothing is uh, tying us down to New Mexico. Refugees and advocates say temporary protected status doesn't go far enough for Afghans. Now, Source New Mexico has really taken it upon themselves to sort of like carry the cross for the Afghani community. Um, I should say community in the sense that there's no community established. They're attempting to establish one and trying to keep it here and talking about how terrible the government has been treating the Afghans. You know what the Afghans are saying? Where the Afghans are most welcome and most loved and treated the very best? Red states. And the Afghani community is saying, well, I don't care if it's Las Cruces or Albuquerque. There is no Afghani community here in the state of New Mexico uh, to speak of. So they're going to places like the big Afghani community of Iowa or the gigantic Afghani community of Texas or the even larger Afghani community of Nebraska. Nebraska, yes. A lot of mosques in in, in Nebraska. I don't know what else to even talk about at this point, but uh, Source New Mexico is on the case, on the hunt, and they're out to keep the Afghani community long and strong here in the state of New Mexico, Dad. Their latest installment, uh, they're in their 12-part, 24-subsection uh, <laughs> uh, series of uh, celebrating and uh, bringing home the Afghani community. Just in time for Ramadan, ladies and gentlemen. I told you yesterday, nobody even knew that Ramadan started on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Ramadan started on Saturday. Go ahead. I know because I have a Union Pacific, Union Pacific calendar. Doubt? Yeah, I mean, this is number four, as you say, Eddie, and I, I don't think they've announced just how many installments of this uh, there will be. And, you know, frankly, we're, we have fun with this. I mean, it, it is kind of sad because you had America invade and overthrow the Taliban government 20 years ago, and then they stayed for 20 years. And, and right. obviously, a lot of people in that country helped the Americans. Uh, I'm sure many of them were well-intentioned. Others probably were just mm-hmm. opportunistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then their names became mud when the Taliban came back. And, of course, the Taliban mm-hmm. was always going to come back because it's their damn country. And we shouldn't have built this, hey, you all, you should embrace uh, educating girls. And, and they, 
the, the conservatives in that country, I mean like the medieval conservatives, they didn't want any part of this stuff. And women, uh, there's a great story. I think it was the psychologist Jonathan Haidt who was talking to a, a Syrian immigrant to the United States who, who told him, I think it was a cabbie, and he said, I don't, um, I'm going to be bringing uh, my wife and my young children back to Syria. I'm, I'm here to make as much money as I can because no 14-year-old son of mine is ever going to say F you to his father because I see that happen in New York all the time. Those are traditional societies. You can like them, you can hate them. They are what they are. You can't remake them. We spent a couple of trillion dollars trying to uh, bring the 21st century to Afghanistan. They don't want it. So then we were left with the situation of getting out. And, and I love the people who talk about, oh, we left them, we gave them all this equipment. No, 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 no. That equipment that the Taliban has, we gave to the government, the puppet government of Afghanistan that lasted about 13 and a half minutes. So as we were pulling out, the government fell. And thank God Americans aren't dying in Afghanistan anymore. That's just me on my soapbox. Uh, Source New Mexico, this left-wing website, they have been on the sob sister beat for the last few weeks covering the situation for Afghan refugees. Mr. Aragon has had a brilliant take on this, a take which I would not have had. Uh, basically, the, the, the culture and the ideology and the welfareism of New Mexico is turning our Afghan uh, refugees into whiny welfare cases, and I think it's—I I just didn't see it that way. Uh, it's so—it's almost a magical take. Only only Eddie Aragon could come up with that. Uh, yesterday's story was about the uh, Homeland Security order. So on March 16th, the uh, Biden Homeland Security bigwig uh, he issued an order. Okay, uh, the—it was—it was regarding uh, being basically kicked out, uh, temporary protected status. Uh, he gave Ukrainians that immediately after Russia. Uh, did what it did. But Afghans here for months had lived under so-called humanitarian parole, which offers protection for only two years. The Afghans are whining because that two-year protection does not provide many of the things that they have told us, Source New Mexico, that they most need. For example, it applies only to Afghans in the country as of March 15th, not to their families left behind. It also doesn't provide them a path to permanent citizenship and a president maybe some future awful republican president could uh, decide not to renew that order at any time uh and listen even if they are given uh, temporary protected status according to someone with the islamic center they need a lawyer who has to help them with that we need more resources from the government i guess this jackass doesn't understand that there is no government it's just taxpayers especially in new mexico we also need more immigration lawyers more whining from Source New Mexico from the Afghan refugees. Obviously, some part of me has some compassion for these people, but um, Eddie, uh, $30 trillion national debt. We have our own immigration issues south of the border. Uh, I got a long list of things that come before me in terms of sending more, the need to send more subsidies to our Afghani refugees. I'm sorry. Uh, I think, um, you know, I'm really sad because they don't have enough attorneys. Uh, they're going to need those attorneys when they start their honor killings, um, when they violate Islamic law. Uh, you know, as you know, you know, the women in the Afghani society are well kept, very traditional. Uh, you almost call them uh, prehistoric Islam. Um, and this has uh, been something that has been celebrated in the Afghani community. Uh, one of the most recent things, uh, this one from just a couple of weeks ago, two Afghan brothers suspected of killing their sister for adopting a Western lifestyle, went on trial in Berlin uh, on Wednesday, about a month ago, in a case that highlights the violence against women and cultural tensions among recent migrants to Germany. 
The defendants identified as Sayed H and Sayed H, Sayed H, H, Sayed and Sayed H. That's it. Under German privacy laws, are accused of luring their 34-year-old sister to meet them last July in Berlin and choking her and cutting off her throat and her head. According to the Berlin prosecutor's office, they beheaded her. All three siblings had Afghan citizenship, had been living in Germany for several years. The brothers, aged 23 and 27, did not accept that their sister had divorced her husband of Afghani descent, to whom she was married at the age of 16. Do we allow marriages at the age of 16? Oh, yeah, New Mexico, we do. Yeah, yeah, you can get married at the age of 16. Probably smoke pot, too. Uh, after a violent marriage. The the it, the violence didn't stop there. No, the brothers were so upset that the violence uh, that the violence wasn't able to continue that they committed their own violence against their sister in an honor killing. Yes, the men have been in custody. <laughs> I, I laugh because doubt. I know. I just hey, we don't have enough attorneys. We don't have enough attorneys to keep us here. Wait, we leave our daughters and our mothers and our wives behind. Uh, and, and we do all this stuff. So we 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 put this stuff back, right? That That's there. The case casts a light under gender-based violence within migrant communities in Germany, which received more than 1 million refugees in 2015 and 2016. So-called honor killings in Syria and Afghanistan from where the majority of refugees in Germany came from six years ago are accepted and common in communities. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The two countries rank near the bottom in the United Nations Development Program and the Human Development Index. German's Western Women's Rights Organization's Terra de Femmes said the Afghan's mother's murder was not an isolated case calling for support services for refugee women and to close cultural gaps in refugees' integration policy in Germany. Will Source New Mexico be covering the honor killings uh, in Afghani communities uh, as that uh, continues? I'd like to. Didn't the president once say? Touch upon uh, that. I believe one of our presidents fairly recently said they're not sending their best people. I think Germans probably are, are getting a nasty lesson in that. Wow. Mm. Oh, uh, you're eating on air is disgusting, Eddie. Oh, there we go. I love it. We love the lovers. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know that I was eating on air. I was uh, drinking water here. It's a little bit hot in Las Vegas. Uh, my apologies to you. Is New Mexicoitis or why are, why are people not from here running things? That's interesting. I don't really know that. Um, let's see. That's a uh, run-on sentence. Hi, Eddie. Two days. 16 kids accidentally ate cannabis gummies brought to school by another student at Algados Elementary from his parents' stash go figure well you'll see a lot more more of that uh deputy doobie that's what they call darren white that's very funny uh no doubt that the person who's telling me that i'm eating on air is, is a big supporter of darren white and the rhino republicans stephen king novel the tommy knockers i don't remember that doubt you know oh. didn't people used to go, yeah the tommy knockers i remember that, I remember that yeah yeah uh, weed makes people stupid and easier to govern. Um, boy, not that we aren't already easy. Don't not, you know, we play Simon says all over the state. And, uh, this other texture says, Hey, we see red box boxes all over Five fifty fifty five hundred. That's five fifty fifty five hundred four forty six uh, here in the Kiva broadcasting from the MGM grand hotel. Uh, this will be last until what next Friday we'll be uh, broadcasting from someplace new. So I'm looking forward to that and we'll continue, uh, more, uh, of our uh, broadcasting exploits uh, as we get out and see the rest of the world. Good uh, song to take us out yesterday. I've been everywhere. We're trying to do more of that because I think that we need to get 
more people seeing the rest of the world. And if you don't like being with us or if you don't like seeing the rest of the world and uh, Dowd's holding down the fort and the state of New Mexico with good policy, with great write-ups that we're doing, a new one coming out tomorrow, become a subscriber directly at rockoftalk.chat. That's rockoftalk.chat. It took us a little while to sort of get this, I think, uh, correct, Dowd, in terms of our ability to remote broadcast. Dowd's remote broadcasting. I remote broadcast. A lot of people are doing uh, more and more of that. But we also do a lot of stuff uh, in studio, not to mention uh, recording all of our stuff in studio. Back after a quick break uh, here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KI, the ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 447, back and forth. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship. And the door. In other words, please be true. In other words, I love you. To the town of our free rode a stranger one fine day. Hardly spoke to folks around him, didn't have too much to say. No one dared to ask his business, no one dared to make a slip. The stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip. It was early in the morning when he rode into the town. He came riding from the south side, slowly looking all around. He's an outlaw loose and running, came the whisper from each lip. And he's here to do some business with a big iron on his hip. Big iron on his hip. Oh, wow. That's beautiful, Eric. Gotta love that. I uh, love the, those Western uh, little drawings uh, and uh, inserts uh, that are 550-50-500. Love the uh, country music there or whatever that is. Uh, who plays that, by the way? I'd love to hear uh, who uh, who's the artist there, uh, Eric? That's Marty Robbins again. Oh, Marty Robbins. There we go. Good stuff. Uh, really good. Hey, uh, producer Eric, if I could get a quick uh, request in. Uh, I, know the, I know the email was issued late today, but uh, Gene, this is the anniversary of Gene Pitney passing away. Uh, Gene Pitney was raised in Rockville, Connecticut. Uh, Gene Pitney's son was best friend with uh, friends with my uh, godfather's son uh, in Summers, Connecticut. And uh, he was, uh, Gene Pitney grew up in Rockville. My, my grandmother, Irene, spent a lot of her time in Rockville. Uh, a lot of us from that part, North Central Connecticut, we love our Gene Pitney. So if I can get any of the great Gene Pitney songs, uh, my favorite, of course, being Town Without Pity, a uh, song that applies to Albuquerque, I think, uh, as well. Uh, my, my backup would be Only Love Can Break a Heart, which is another really, really good one. We called him the Rockville Rocket. He was a, he was a great man. He met the Beatles. Uh, he wrote songs for Ricky Nelson and for the Crystals. He had huge hits all on his own. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if you don't know him, ladies and gentlemen, search him online. The man's name, Gene Pitney. 
I'm so there it is. Uh, good stuff. Five fifty, fifty, five hundred. Lots of uh, good text uh, coming in. Uh, let me, I'm just going to read one very quickly. Um, Big Iron, the western side of country western music. Uh, appreciate that. Um, I was checking out crude oil prices uh, today. Expecting to see a drop as to Joe Biden's release of 1 million barrels of crude oil from Nation Reserve. I was shocked to see the WTI crude oil was up $4 a barrel to 103 today. It was $99 a barrel yesterday, folks. The million-dollar barrel release each day has had no effect on reducing the cost of crude oil and gas prices as of yet. Nothing makes any sense, I think, anymore. Sorry for the uh, glare that's coming in on rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. Stop by the uh, radio station. Eric will be there, and uh, you can certainly visit with him. You can get pens. You can get stickers. I think we've got notepads uh, that have uh, recently come in. So lots of uh, good stuff happening over at the, the radio station. Just trying to make sure that we take good care of the people who take care of us, which are our advertisers and all the uh, wonderful people who listen to our program each and every day uh, here in the Kiva. But boy, Source NM, I got to tell you, that's the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> yes. I, I can't get enough of that website. That website is so woke, it's it's stupid. Uh, it's they care literally- a lot about uh, environmental racism and uh, addressing the concerns of underserved communities. Yes. The most, it's the most ridiculous website uh, that is there, uh, no doubt about it. Um, Let's see. Okay. All right. Finally, uh, bipartisan recovering America's wildlife act. That's a, that's right up Martin Heinrich's uh, alley picks up speed as landmark conservation bill is ready for a committee markup. Uh, this would be something that would not just be up Heinrich's alley. Remember he's the tech guy and he's a science guy, but this would also be up Udall's alley, uh, D Dowd Muska. Boy, these conservationists, remember the Sierra club, there's uh, nobody that likes to have, um, um, lunch and dinner more with Jill and Tom Udall than the Sierra Club. Down. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. And, what? And Heinrich is a Heinrich's an interesting guy, Eddie, because to me he looks like such a supremo kind of dorko guy who never never left the building that wasn't air conditioned. But he has attempted, in addition to when you're a U.S. senator, you got to carve out a couple of signature issues, uh, and, and preferably something that makes soccer moms smile, uh, that makes you look like you're cutting edge. Uh, you also need issues that kind of can connect to some of our more blue collar element, you know, maybe some of guys who like to get out and shoot ducks and hunt elk and that kind of stuff. So Heinrich from very early on has portrayed himself as this big conservationist. Uh, I've got to do a deeper dive on this legislation. When I hear 32 bipartisan sponsors and co-sponsors, uh, n- n- no, I'm sorry to break the news to Bob Pearls, but bipartisan legislation is generally the worst kind of legislation. The, the, the best legislation is the one that passes by one vote and has a courageous person in the executive signing it into law and maybe risking their political career. So uh, I, I've, I've seen pictures of Heinrich. Uh, he gets himself... Remember that picture of Ben Ray Lujan where he had the work gloves on for his campaign and it looks like the work gloves just came right, right out of the box? Right, yeah. Uh, I've seen pictures of Heinrich with his camo outfits on. I, I kind of think if Martin Heinrich ever saw you know, a whip tail in the wild or a monarch butterfly He'd run back to his air conditioning SUV, <laughs> but um, he does, I guess, to some, you know, Mark, it's all about marketing, politics is perception, and Marty really has carved out this identity as Mr. Conservation and Wildlife. Absolutely. What the top of the hour news? Thanks everybody for tuning in. AM 600 KIV, ABQ.FM. Ours is not an easy age. We're like tigers in a cage. What a town without pity can do. Got a young have problems. 
many problems. We need an understanding love. Why don't they help us? Try to help us. Before this playing granite planet falls apart. survive when these little minds tear you in two. What a town without pity can do. Anything survive when these little minds tear you in two? What a town without pity can do. No. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque.
606 in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. I'm Eddie Eurig on the Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIV, FM, rockoftalk.com, Las Vegas' own The Crystal Method, and uh, one of the best uh, electronic bands around. They're still practicing, uh, folks. They've been out for nearly 30 years. Uh, some real originators, uh, purveyors. EDM is so big, uh, especially with all the nightlife, the dance clubs, and um, it's really, really something. Don't forget, folks, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and why not download our app for Rock of Talk to TV, rockoftalk.com, and to become a subscriber directly at uh, rockoftalk.chat. And uh, back in 2004, they collaborated, most interestingly enough, with none other than Alan Parsons. That's right. Alan Parsons. Parsons, the Alan Parsons Project. It was his fourth solo album since the demise of the Alan Parsons Project and a ballad path on the song, quote-unquote, We Play the Game. Now, here's the interesting uh, prog rock transition from prog rock to this type of, of music that you see here, which is, you know, electronica, trance, EDM, all that kind of stuff. Is That direct connection was the, the producer for the Pink Floyd, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, and the person who collaborated and put all that stuff together was none other than Alan Parsons himself ladies and gentlemen so just uh, some stuff uh, connecting all the dots and that thread of uh, great music throughout all that and there's a lot of that uh, influence uh crystal method of course originated uh, back here in uh, las vegas nevada a lot of people don't know that but um that was probably their most famous hit, I would think, um, for those who want to consider that a hit. It's not something that you're going to be see charting the Billboard, the top 100. Uh, here's here's this week's dedication. Dowd, you got to give us uh, uh, a, a great uh, Casey Kasem counting them down. Here's our here's this week's dedication. <laughs> wow, uh, EDM and 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 what do you say, trance? Trance yeah, music? Tr are you not aware of trance music? I, I'm, all the different I'm, types I'm of square as square can be. You know me. I mean, Eric, uh, <laughs> Eric, you're welcome to join in the conversation. Eric's a, a bit of a trance aficionado. Um, there's a state of trance. Uh, you know, there's trans around the world, which is pretty cool. It's a two-hour uh, venture into Arm Armin Van Buren. Anybody know who Armin Van Buren is? Uh, he's huge in Miami, by the way. Um, generally those concerts in Miami don't kick off until like, uh, we'll call it about two in the morning, you know? Yeah. Uh, generally speaking. Yeah. Well, they start about two in the morning and they're tripping all the way until six, seven in the morning after that. I've only been to one of those events. Um, and that where they've had those sort of street you could look this kind of stuff up, uh, Eric, uh, joining the conversation, if you would, you're a big fan of trance music, are you not? I do. I really like trance. Yeah, I think, you know, as far as vibing uh, is concerned, that you'll see a lot of that stuff that, that happens there in, in trance music. And I think a lot of people who've never heard it before, uh, or if they didn't know what trance was, once they hear it, they'll know immediately what it is. I think of that uh, movie with... Um, trying to think uh it plays paul oakenfold maybe if you can cue that up it's the oakenfold and it has um tom cruise where he's coming out of the club and he's at the uh the, the dance club at like one two in the morning and he's starting to take out people i don't know if you guys have seen that movie uh what was it called he's sitting in the back seat of the cab just oh, and he's a Collateral. There you go. I always forget the name of that movie. And uh, yeah, he goes in there and they play that that song. And that's uh, that's more of electronic 
um, than it is trance, in my opinion. But th- it kind of gives you know, people uh, sort of the feel for for what it is. I can't now, think of any. Do you any have other- to be on drugs in order to celebrate and and and, and enjoy this music, or does it just help? No, you well, <laughs> no, I don't think it actually. I think it actually makes it worse. I think oh, if okay. any, I've never having never taken drugs, I I don't I don't yeah. So the straight edge living that you heard about from Cascade, and you were learning a lot about that. I think did you get carried away a little bit on? On learning well, it, about uh, that man, it, it's a wonderful. Uh, well, he's a Mormon, I guess, and he has yes. seven kids or something. It, it's oh yeah. And the straight edge movement, uh, according to Wikipedia, subculture of hardcore punk, while refraining from alcohol, tobacco, and other recreational drugs. So you're taking that kind of rock and roll, but you're combining it with the uh, Mormon type. I mean, uh, only in America could something like this happen. You know, this isn't going to happen in Nigeria or Belgium or Indonesia. This is America is a place where you can combine Mormon values with hardcore punk. And that's why I still love our country, despite all our faults. All right, we don't hear you, Eddie. Try again. Oh, we lost Eddie. Oh, sorry about that. I didn't. I, I turned. Uh, is that, all right, I'm coming through. Uh, Dowd, you should you should learn about one other guy. And um, thank you, Eric. Great job. Uh, one other guy. His name is Brandon Flowers. Look up the lead singer for the band The Killers. And his name is Brandon Flowers, and you know people might think of oh he's a, he's one of the top rock bands in the world, the Killers, and all this kind of stuff, right? Well, interestingly enough, he's also Mormon. He's a LDS. Um, there's a big, I think I've talked about this in the past on the radio show. Have I talked about the size of the Mormon LDS community in the city of Las Vegas? Does anybody know oh, yeah, about the history did, of Las oh, Vegas? Yeah, it goes it goes back. Yeah, yeah. But have I talked about this on the radio? I don't, I don't recall whether or not I have or not. So does, if anybody knows how the Meadows started, Las Vegas, Nevada, well, Boulder City was really here prior to um, Las Vegas. And so the Mormons in Boulder City didn't really like the sinful living that was going on. And so they said, well, you need to go do that kind of stuff down the hill. You know, they had to throw a rock out there, prostitution, gambling, you know, and by the way, those were good things um, in places like Tombstone, Arizona. The first Las Vegas, Nevada was actually Tombstone, Arizona, where people loved gamblers in the 1880s. And, you know, prostitution was thought of as a, actually a decent profession. You had to get uh, a license. Yeah. And you had to get a license to do so. And so you had to do all these things. So anyway, um, long story uh, short, Las Vegas was sort of created in 1905 um, pushing out against um, sinful living and saying, go celebrate that down there. And also the train didn't go all the way up to Boulder city. So the people who were passing through who wanted to work and then wanted to get up to Boulder city uh, to do the work on the, on all the various things that they were doing up there, they stopped in Las Vegas. So all the, uh, the bad things that were done really, it took about 35, 32, 33. So 1905 to 19, you know, 45. So I guess that, that that's 42 years by the time Bugsy Siegel and the rest of that stuff uh, sort of you know, really got started. Yeah, Myrlansky and the rest of that stuff got started. So that's how Las Vegas became Las Vegas. And um, it has been built around sin. But the LDS community is about a community of about 100,000. Um, and there's lots of LDS up and down Charleston Avenue, little, little temples. I used to coach at an LDS 
I coached basketball LDS. Do you know how much the Mormons love me? I coached at their LDS. I, I coached their kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was, I uh, was hanging out doing all the stuff. I mean, uh, the LDS people are great. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's just, um, not for me. It's sort of like the same reaction I have towards, you know, Christians and the churches is the same reaction I have towards, uh, LDS. Let me be who I am and let's all get along with shared values. But, you know, let's not try to convert anybody or try to make me, you know, I don't want to be an elder or bishop and I don't want to run your church. I mean, those are the types of two, two things I definitely don't want to do. So, well, Eddie, I, uh, I probably mentioned this book before and I, I read it when it initially came out and I actually reread it about a month or two ago. It's written by a couple of leftists. So you've got to kind of put up with some of their, uh, you know, <laughs> flaky, flaky ideas, but it's mostly a history book. It's called the money and the power, the making of Las Vegas. Uh, it is the history of Las Vegas. And there are running through that book, especially more later when, when the Mormon, uh, more affluent Mormons started to fund a lot of the casinos, 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, it, it's bizarre to people who don't know the history, but bound up with Nevada, the place where there is legal gambling, there's still legal prostitution, uh, the place that legalized gambling in 1931. I mean, this was you know coming up on a century ago, back when gambling, there was a huge stigma uh, still in this country uh, against gambling. But the Mormon church, uh, m powerful Mormons, Mormon money, very, very heavily involved in Nevada. And let's never forget one of the worst politicians of our lifetimes, Harry Reid, leader of the Senate, was at least on paper a Mormon. 550-50-500. Uh, I think uh, Eric has that uh, audio queued up on the Oakenfold. So for those people who are not familiar with trances, Dowd looks up Brandon Flowers of the Killers, and then you start to find this. Listen to this. I got to tell you, that's some great music right there, uh, Paul Oakenfold. Uh, so all these guys run these clubs where people are paying hundreds of dollars to get in, thousands of dollars in ridiculous, stupid bottle services that no man in anybody who ever respects money should ever pay for. I mean, they literally uh, sell the uh, Jero Beams. I don't know. Does anybody know that? What did you know that there's always a different name for all the different bottle sizes? And, you know, I've been doing the, the wine show with Jim for what? eight years and there's all the different sizes that come in so the ones that, that you see that are being sold like at clubs for like twenty five, fifty thousand dollars of you know Cavassier or you know uh, some great champagne that, that that's out there I think they're Oman Bergerac uh, I don't know Kevin could probably text me all this like Aces of Spades like the, the Gerald Beam of that and that big giant gold I think runs for like fifty sixty thousand dollars for people to kind of go ahead and, and do that type of bottle service uh, that's there but <clears throat> that's the type of music that they play in the clubs and so they have these things in vegas called residencies and i know usher if anybody knows who that is uh, tangerine dream that's funny uh, <laughs> inevitably somebody from the 80s will always uh, bring in tangerine dream it's always always funny i love that um 
but they play a lot of that type of music and they'll have um the guy who played uh the drums for blink 182 travis barker and you might remember dj am who uh, both travis and dj am were in a plane crash that they survived and they did these things um where they um, have their residencies or their performances and they pay these guys a hundred thousand dollars for one performance or five hundred thousand dollars for one performance or kim kardashian you know a million dollars to come in yeah stupid money just absolutely stupid money that's how much money these casinos because they make it on the hotels they make it on now the alcohol then they make it on all of the other um I don't know, things that you kind of feed into that, which is appearances and, you know, table and bottle services and, and, and things like that. That is actually um, absolutely ridiculous. But uh, that's how Vegas makes its money right now. And they account for absolutely everything. Here's something else, uh, just in case you think it's uh, not too big brotherish uh, to be in Vegas. You can't go anywhere in the casino. Your card is directly tied to you when you move around up and down the elevators it's not random there's impossibility for you to you they know exactly where you're at at all times and you're being tracked by a computer as you move around the casino at any time whether you go to the pool whether you go up and down the elevator whether you go into your room they know whether or not you're using your room by the way and if you're the actual person who's using the room that you're in. So the next time you think that uh, you're not using your own room or you're not using it enough, they know, folks. Occupancy in Las Vegas right now is at 100%. Uh, Eddie, how does this impact? Uh, I, of course, I, I'm planning my sure. Vegas trip. Uh, I was pl over the weekend. I was FaceTiming my sister in Scotland. We're planning the trip, and she was saying, you know, if they crack down again by August on on these ridiculous rules about you have to be tested within 24 hours, she said, you know, you're going to have your rooms, you're going to have your flight one way. Just just go without us. And you know, of course, my thoughts naturally turn to you know some female companionship in Las Vegas. If I'm on if I'm on my own, uh, do they track your guests in your room? I mean. Uh, do they do facial recognition with, you know, if you invite, uh, you know, fun folks who meet at the club or if you have that special lady friend you met for the night? I mean, is, is it that North Korea-esque? <laughs> I'm just wondering <laughs> for a friend. You know. No, it's not like that, but they do track the amount of money that you spend. They know, you know, when you're using your cards on the slots and your cards at the tables, you know, they do track that, that, that kind of stuff, um, you know, pretty handily. They know their business, their business is money, and they know how to make it uh, – you know, they know how to make it. Your product make is literally it all money in a casino. It's literally Yeah, money. no, they, they, all that stuff. Five fifty fifty five hundred, and let's uh, jump into more of this. You can find all the things that we're talking about directly at Substack on our blast. Five fifty fifty five hundred. How Biden is trying to turn electron election offices into partisan get out the vote operations. Uh, Dowd, we know that the whole thing is a uh, speaking of tracking, knowing who your voter is, whether or not they voted, how many times they voted, how much money they've donated, uh, whether or not their kids go to public and private school. You know the. Democrats are a lot like, um, you know, the Vegas casinos. They're tracking you wherever you go. Maybe they're a lot like uh, Mark Zuckerberg. We got a fantastic show yesterday, especially when it came to Mark Zuckerberg and I think whittling that stuff down. I specifically enjoyed the second hour. I'll be finally able to upload it, by the way, because of the security issues going on with my... I won't get on an open network, ladies and gentlemen, just, just so you know. But uh, what can you tell us about Biden tracking this and some of the election offices that are coming in? This is all part of Dow Extra clicks here on this Tuesday. 
Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm really happy to report that our subscribers are loving the Dow's extra clicks. I just started it as a lark, but boy, some of my extra clicks end up on the on the top five, you know, most clicks of the day. So I tend to during the week we do New Mexico stories in the top ten, and then I throw in. Uh, five uh, extra clicks that are usually national and international. This caught my attention because, you know, I'm not a political guy. I think the whole government's corrupt. We're 30 trillion in debt. It's Republicans and Democrats alike. This really shows the extent to which the left, how, how, how on another level the left is working, and particularly when it comes to the Democratic Party manifestation of the left. Biden a year ago, and it's so hard to keep up with all the horrible policies of the Biden administration, uh, other than leaving Afghanistan, I, I think he's, uh, for the first 100 most impactful policies, I would say I disagree with 99 of them, but not one. Uh, this executive order, I didn't even know about until I read this piece in The Federalist, a really good website. It's called uh, Executive Order uh, 14019. It's basically tasking federal agencies to promote voter participation. Uh, all sorts of different federal agencies, including the Department of Education and the Department of Homeland Security. I, I would have assumed that the Department of Education is about educating our young folks in the Department of Homeland Security is keeping us safe from natural and man-made disasters and terroristic acts. But apparently this executive order thinks they should be focused on some other things. Uh, as the author says, the average American does not think of federal agencies as responsible for voter registration and get out the vote efforts. Uh, and very few details have been released about uh, implementation of this executive order. Uh, according to the writer, this is by design. Uh, if politicians aren't bragging, I love this quote. I think I might put this in the, in the Daily Blast. When politicians aren't bragging, they are usually hiding something. Uh, in this case, the Biden administration is hiding an effort to require federal agencies to work with partisan private groups to strategically boost voter turnout in areas that, unsurprisingly, would benefit benefit Democrats. Uh, the order is tipping the scales to favor one party. Uh, we know that the Zuckerbucks scandal. We're continuing to find continuing to find out more and more about how Zuckerberg affiliated uh, organizations were funneling money, you know, private money into various uh, Democrat leaning districts or, or districts where they could drive Democratic turnout to turn those electoral votes uh, over to, uh, let's say, non non Donald Trump. Uh, what's even more disturbing is uh, this, this is good, really good research. Uh, if there was ever any doubt about the the political nature of this executive order, the text of it aligns almost exactly with a policy recommendation from back in December 2020 by the far-left group Demos. Uh, just put one N near the end there and we probably have more accurate description. Anyway, uh, according to the order, the heads of federal agencies will be tasked with promoting voter registration and voter participation. Uh, these are activities we rational human beings understand go far beyond uh, the stated missions, the pur alleged purpose of these federal bureaucracies. Eddie, you know, again, these are left-wing progressives. I disagree with them 99 out of 100 times, but boy, do they know how to play the game. And the folks on the other side, uh, you have to watch this. I mean, they full spectrum dominance, as I've said, is what our military favors. They want to control the air. They want to control space. They want to control water. Uh, that's how you win wars. And people on the left and their, and their the people who are employed and, and are useful to the Democratic Party in terms of political power, getting people elected, they want full spectrum dominance and they understand how to fight for full, full spectrum dominance. Meanwhile, folks on the right are just, I don't know, playing shoots and ladders. I mean, they're on a whole other level. 
Well, I think uh, from the conservatives, they're better off at criticizing themselves than they are Democrats. Uh, They're not in the trenches in the fight, I think, oftentimes. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, they don't want to sort of uh, mess up. You know, we don't do as they do. We 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 want to make sure that we're on our best behavior. I think there's just way too much of that. And. You know, to beat these guys, you got to beat them at their own game and you got to be do it meaner and dirtier than they do. And you can't let them do it while maintaining your positioning uh, on the other side. Now, let's get kind of cool uh, to the etymology of the words that you're using here. A campaign is war, folks. And one of the, the things the Republicans are just not good at is war. Uh, surprisingly, despite being great leadership uh, in in federal, state, local governments and being able to do war and coming from a lot of military background, they don't want to see as being sort of they're afraid of their reputation as being warmongers or too military. So they have a tendency to sort of stay away from conflict. Um, I think Republicans would be a hell of a lot better as a party if they went in. And I love the full spectrum dominance, uh, you know, metaphor that you use. It's something that uh, John B. Wells has also talked in off about. There's a, a website that that's very good, but you have to dominate media, right? Door to door terrain. You have to dominate every single angle and beat them and be 10 steps ahead in every single one of these, these fields. And it is a little bit, I, I, I hate to say it, it is a bit of Sun Tzu. It is a little bit of the art of war. You've got to understand every medium in which you're operating at and be able to be 10 steps ahead and direct things because you are waiting. You have to be paranoid. And that's what the Democrats are very good at doing. Um, they're so nutty and so crazy that they are, they're paranoid is actually implicit in their personalities. For Republicans, you know, a lot of them aren't really mentally ill as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, this is one of the reasons why we like Republicans a hell of a lot more than Democrats is Republicans are kind of balanced and normal, if you will. Democrats are mentally ill, right? So they're constantly paranoid. So they attack you. You're like, why the, why the hell am I getting attacked out of nowhere? And you, you, why are they suddenly? Do- well, it's because they are afraid and they're constantly thinking 10 steps ahead out of survival. That's what they have to do, folks. And by and large, uh, Democrats don't generate their own revenue. They feed off their bottom feeders, their lawyers, their attorneys, their government guys. Uh, they're involved in the three letter um, you know, agencies in all of that. I mean, they're way behind the scenes. Republicans are like, well, I'm a good businessman. I'm a good family man. I've been doing this for years and I come from a long line of like, nobody cares. You know why I don't care? Because they don't care when you don't win. That's why. Why do you think, why do you think we have such a problem with, with Donald Trump right now? Because he didn't win. Okay. And if he knew all this stuff ahead of time, it's sort of like it, it begs the question. And I love Donald Trump. He's the greatest president in history, but I want him to have a good retirement. And I want him to go out. And I want him to teach us about the losses that he learned and all this. But if he was so far ahead of the game, he would have prevented all this crap from happening and be able to defeat the very two people who I don't even know exist anymore in Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. So, folks, um, the campaigning is happening 24-7. Democrats are lining up and redistricting. They're lining up with uh, sticking people in your party. Like The best thing the Republicans could be doing right now is finding faux Democrats, inserting them into the Democrat Party, having them send back information, right, and ha- creating such loyalty that they have to actually put the fear of God in the very people that are helping them on the other side and sending back information that's coming from the Democratic Party. I doubt there is one 
controlled opposition piece in the Democrat Party, other than maybe what Jay McCluskey is sticking in there, if he even has something. If Jay McCluskey has it, he's, he's smarter than I think he is. Um, but I doubt there is one controlled op Republican operating within the Democrat Party. We know I can I can literally name names of the Republicans, quote unquote, Republicans who are actually Democrats who are sending well, back information back to the Democrat. Yeah, back back to the Democrat Party. Why well, do you Eddie, think you, they you mentioned a full spectrum dominance? And I'll, 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 I'll tell a little story if you indulge me. I know we're running a little low on time, but I had to go get the legal owner of my beautiful golden retrievers broke her foot. She's an old lady in a couple places. And I had to do some, it's going to get worse as the weeks go on, but I had to go get her mail this morning. And she said, Oh, look for the little picture that the little girl put at, at the, at the mailbox, uh, you know, unit there where all the, you open up all the drawers and everybody's jammed together. And it was a little girl, I guess she said, little girl, I don't know who did it. It was a child's drawing of all sorts of environmental stuff about how you should be composting your, uh, your, your food waste from your house. Uh, you should be conserving water water because did you know that um a hundred thousand sharks are killed a year every year the the, the world the evil humans kill a hundred thousand sharks um part of full, full spectrum dominance is using chi children as weapons and I, I i hesitate to say this because i do sound like i'm kind of out there nutty but i have seen again and again you go up to the roundhouse when the legislature's in session the environmentalists get children out for every little individual cause they want, you know, whether it's global warming or trapping animals, or, you know, you know, whatever. And this article about the the, the Biden executive uh, order says, and I looked at this document. They released last fall a uh, basically an outline for the Department of Education to prepare quote a toolkit of resources and strategies for increasing civic engagement. That is the U.S. Department of Education. The resources will be aimed at elementary age students. And uh, there's nothing about, you know, making parents aware or giving control over that uh, content. Child soldiers, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm being too hyperbolic. I know that there was a big campaign years ago in the third world because you'd see these awful pictures of 11-year-olds with an AK-47. They are using ideological uh, children as ideological weapons. They're not killing these children or getting these children to kill other people, but they're sort of, well, they are using them as ideological kind of shock troops because who would who would get up publicly at a, at a public hearing and say, oh, you kids are wrong. Um, it gets to the it gets to the point where you can't go get your mail in Corrales without some poor little uh, confused girl writing about, uh, you know, just basically copying down environmentalist propaganda and slapping it on the mailbox facility there and everybody going to get their mail every day and saying, isn't that wonderful? Your typical Coraleno has no you know, idea about anything other than Tibetan prayer flags and smoking weed. Um, the U.S. Department of Education is trying to increase civic en engagement aimed at elementary students. That is the level that that's right that's exactly that's right yep. because they are imbued most of these people are not religious but don't hate on all of us atheists because i'm not religious but i still believe in human freedom this is their religion it's, it's it's literally their way of life because a lot of these people either work for the government or they're funded they work for nonprofits that are funded by the government eddie i've done this for 30 years the people on the left i'm sorry they're playing seven dimensional vulcan chess yep Yep. as the right is playing tic-tac-toe I'm, I'm sorry exactly that's what's going on no i think uh i i hate to say it but the republicans got to be doing it meaner and better uh than than the democrats do you, you just have to you you've got to win um dare i say it at all costs i mean they will destroy everything they don't care 
you know, and when it comes to the media, the media is their friend. And I got to tell you, I, I, I hate to say this, you know, you Republicans didn't want to do a better and meaner and more identity politic than you could have done that with me. But you didn't want to do it because you didn't want to win. It was more important for you to go ahead and virtue signal how incredibly white and Christian and perfect you all are. And that's the problem. As long as you continue to virtue signal just how virtuous you are in your own personal lives and driving the right cars, living in the right neighborhoods and having the right backgrounds, then you're never going to have the right salesperson who can make the pitch on behalf of the Republican Party and on behalf of conservatives. You're, you, you keep trying to find these squeaky clean Republicans. And if you hold them to that standard, you start to realize, boy, a simple uh, uh, look on Ben Verified realize, uh, shows us that, you know, by knowing your mobile phone number, I know everything about you within about five seconds. Your, your guy is nowhere as squeaky clean as you think he is. And the Democrats turn around and it's like, well, these guys acted like they were squeaky clean this entire time. And they put up this candidate who's not squeaky clean. And the Democrat can literally can have the SWAT team around him, use pot, use weed, you know, have a harem of women, whatever, right? And they won't have to actually virtue signal another thing other than they are compassionate and understanding and care. They know this, and oh, and, and probably minority, unlike uh, many Republican candidates other than Louis Sanchez uh, at this point. Did I, did I just nail that? I think I just nailed that. That's exactly uh, right. I, I heard this, and, and having been in the business 30 years, I, I can't believe I've never heard this, but Eddie, a couple of weeks ago, I heard someone say, might have been a podcast or a video cast, uh, the right fights until it loses, the left fights until it wins. And and I, I, I it's brilliant. It, it really is. Uh, and... Um, they, they are, as I said, they're willing to use whatever tactics uh, work, and they are imbued. I mean, it, mm -hmm. I've seen the problem in Connecticut. I've seen the problem in, in New Mexico. The, the candidates that the right, if you want to call it the right, if you want to call them conservatives, you want to say Republican Party, it's not live or die for them. They're, they're no. easily scared. They'll go back to their businesses. They'll go back to their neighborhoods. They'll go back to their churches. They'll go yeah. back to wherever they need to go back to, and they'll yep. live another day. It's like, we don't need this. Like, yep. Yep. You, you guys have to understand that in order to win, winning and winning ugly is the most important thing. And as conservatives continue to, to drop each other because they don't like how perfect and neat, and this is like the grooming that goes along from the Janice Arnold Jones and the John Rockwells of the world uh, will continue to ruin the party. Here's what Jay, Jay McCluskey understands that they don't. Okay. And that's the fact that, well, you really don't, even though he's adopted, you know, Mark Ronchetti as his next, next project. Jay McCluskey understands that behind the scenes, you're taken to the back alleys and you're just ramrodding like nobody's business say it but jay's got jay's the magic as, as far as i'm concerned going forward he was smart smart in the sense that you know he it's i think he gets to go ahead and rebuild his i think he goes he, he gets a, a chance at, at having an opportunity if he's able to pull it out with his ronchetti in the primary after raising the money and he's got the stacks of cash uh from his donors previous donors and a history of doing it to go ahead and do it Will it make a market difference in the state of Mexico? It could. Are there better better candidates? Absolutely. I've already told you. You've got uh, Zanetti, uh, Greg Zanetti, and you've got Rebecca Dow. I think, and I know how you feel about Rebecca Dow, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, but you've got to have somebody who can win. It doesn't matter when you lose. Nobody cares.
Nobody remembers who's in second place, right? To go back to the, there's no points for second place, boys. That there is nothing. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers who came in second ever. The mayoral stuff when I ran. Does anybody remember? I don't even remember. I might talk about it. I talk about what I did in terms of what I'm doing. But did I come out and have this big coming out party with all these Republicans and throw a party? I was eating pizza and on air the night of the mayoral election. Buffalo Wild Wings. I lost. I'm like and some beer that's what i did yeah i got 20 percent in 13 days all right let's rattle off our top five deed out muska as uh, our wonderful producer the best producer in all of albuquerque dare i say in terms of his musical choice yes producer eric putting it all together will uh, take us out your top five is brought to you every morning at 4 a.m this afternoon 4 p.m uh thanks to substack uh, has had a little bit of a delay i have a little bit of an interesting update uh, here um here listen to this according to tmz i used to carry tmz does anybody remember i used to carry tmz sports and tmz hollywood harvey levin harvey levin uh i'm a lawyer i'm a lawyer (laughs) very funny uh according to tmz courtney kardashian and travis barker officially why did travis barker just ruin his life by getting married what an idiot He's great on the drums, and uh, he married Miss America. What What is it about that Travis uh, Barker and Machine Gun Kelly? What do they got? Uh, having a secret life. Have you seen Machine Gun? Do you even know who I'm talking about, Machine Gun Kelly? Uh, he's Type- the guy with Megan, Megan Fox, I think. Type in Machine Gun Kelly, and uh, way to go, Mr. Pop Culture. Look at you. <laughs> Type in Machine Gun Kelly and tell me what you think about how he looks. Oh, he's skinny with the tats and, and all that. Wait, wait, right? wait. But, but look at the picture. Just look at the picture of his face. Oh, okay. Let's see. Yeah, it's a Pete Davidson. It's, it's Pete Davidson-esque, <laughs> uh, if you will. They had a secret Las Vegas wedding last night uh, here in Vegas. So there you go. They got married. Uh, got tats and piercings. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Right. Oh, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly. Yep. Don't take us out to Machine Gun Kelly there, Eric. Um, please, it's, please, no. <laughs> no Machine Gun. <laughs> no Machine Gun Kelly, uh, if you do. All right, Top 5 is brought to you directly at 4 in the morning, this uh, afternoon, 4 in the afternoon, by uh, D. Dowd Muska and rockuptalk.chat. Uh, your picks, ladies and gentlemen, your picks for the most interesting links of the day. Number one, local artist imbues art with love and weed. She moved here from Portland, Oregon, and she's in New Mexico now because she loves weed. You're turning me into a prohibitionist, New Mexico. Uh, number two, the gentleman we discussed down in Hobbs, uh, 15th arrest in his rather young uh, life. Uh, number, thir- number three, we also discussed this uh, whiny Afghan refugees not getting enough government-funded lawyers in New Mexico. Uh, great number Number four, uh, a website over in the UK, we've had 90 months of no global warming, and now there's even little indications that we might be entering a slight cooling period. Sorry, Martin Heinrich and uh, and John Kerry, you're, uh, you're, you're heading in the wrong direction. And then number five, what we just spoke about, uh, the Biden administration uses the federal bureaucracy to drive civic engagement for children. Wow, that's good stuff. And by the way, tonight, 
I'll be giving you, uh, after I, my tour tonight, I'll be going to Meow Wolf tonight uh, in uh, Vegas, the uh, Vegas version of that. Soon to go to the one in Denver. I'll do the one in Denver in June. So looking forward to uh, doing that. Rock of Talk on the road, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, here, local time, 5.42 p.m. There in Albuquerque, 6.42 p.m. Everybody have a wonderful, restful evening. I'll be back in the Kiva tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in on AM600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com.